Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume, Managing Editor of the Lancaster Patriot, joined by Joel Saint, Pastor of Independence Reformed Bible Church. Joel, thanks for joining me. Always good to be here. And also David Meyer. David is the author of The Demonstrative Citizen, The Revelation of Two Dragons. David, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor. Yeah, so we are here, and uh, we want to let give David a chance to discuss his book as well, but also uh, what precipitated this meeting was an editorial I wrote about Danilo Cavalcante, who was the escaped convict, uh, convicted murderer, who was wandering the backwoods of, I guess, was that, what county was that? It was a... Uh, Chester County. Chester County, Chester, Chester, mostly. Mostly Chester County. In My backyard. He was there. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I live near Longwood Gardens, so yeah. Okay. okay. And he was uh, spotted there in Longwood was, Gardens. Yeah. Uh, so he was uh, he was captured, bit on the head by a dog, I think, and, and, and brought back to prison. Uh, which was one of my critiques in, in my piece. So we're going to get into that. If you haven't read, there's an editorial. It's from September 12th. Uh, if you go to LancasterPatriot.com, I'll also put it in the description here. So if you want to pause this and go read that first, because we will be going through some of the things in that editorial, uh, you're welcome to do that. Um, before we get into that too much, uh, David, why don't you just briefly tell us about your book, The Demonstrative Citizen. You wrote this back in 2021? Right. All yeah. Right, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's the first book in a three-part series, so I'm working on the second volume of the series right now. The story is, it takes place in a, somewhat of a war setting, and it evolves very much along that line. But the main characters are caught in this and have to really learn about walking a journey of faith and citizenship and really evaluating and getting back to basics. A lot of the fundamentals, the high tech and other parts of our lives are stripped away from them in their struggle. And they are forced to really return to a the basics of faith and applying it to their citizenship, in many ways as our founders kind of conceived it. So it takes that story and it really puts it for, it focuses it on how that can apply to a greater good in our world and in our lives. Okay, so this is a novel. Where, what's the setting? Where does it take place? It takes place Lancaster, getting into the Glen Mills area on the East Coast. It talks about Philly. It talks about Baltimore. So there's a little bit behind us heading back towards Harrisburg, but mostly in this general area. Is it a, like in the future? Is it a dystopian tale? Is it kind of supposed to be in this time frame like? it is in this time frame and you'll read that it takes place generally in this time frame um i don't want to necessarily point it towards any one person place or thing and it kind of disclaims that in the introduction and if you read the preface it kind of talks about how this is about what the story uh is about and how it's prompted okay how how would you what's the main conflict you would say in this novel like what's the What's the issue? There is a conflict of ideology within our nation, but there is also a conflict externally, um, which deals with China, Russia. Ironically, the world is caught up to the book, but it deals those that conflict comes to our shores, and people are forced to face that conflict head on. And also, then the issues within our own society of which way we want to go. Okay, and it's forced into a, it's forced to a head. So it's somewhat of a political. Thriller, very much. Thing. It's a very it's it's genreed as a political thrill fiction. Genreed as a political okay. fi- uh, story. Okay. Yeah. All right, Joel, have you read much political thrillers? Uh, not too many. What's the, who's that? What is what's that guy that does the political thr- thrillers? Aren't there? Um, you're, you're talking about um, Clancy. Oh, yeah, Tom Clancy. Yeah. I think that's who you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. So this will surpass Tom seen, Clancy. Seen the movies, some of them, but not okay. read the books. Yeah, when I was a kid, I played the video game. Uh, Rainbow Six, I think, was his one the, of his. The books. one difference with this and Clancy is you're going to find a lot of faith and spiritual conversation. Okay, so 
and it talks about that journey, that combined journey of faith and citizenship. Okay. Uh, David, before we get into this editorial, why don't you just tell us briefly wh- where you're coming from? You mentioned faith in this book. Uh, that's the perspective you're coming from. How would you describe your faith, your beliefs? Very strong. I mean, I'm very deeply founded in my faith and my Christianity. Okay. I'm not sure how much you want me to expound, profound, pontificate about that, but it, the oh, simple that was fact a start of, Christianity. Um, do you have a a historically you grew up in a certain denomination? Are you different now? You know, my family, which I suppose leads into some of our conversation. My family was, you know, I was raised Protestant Presbyterian for the most part. Okay. And to tell you the truth, my wife and I have really struggled with the church more recently. Presbyterian and some of the other, you know, Reformed churches, because it's becoming very, very liberal, very, very, almost the, what a lot of people are now calling the woke church, and I, I've I've struggled with that, um, where where we're heading with that, and I disagree with some of that ideology. I think we need to get back to the basis. So more and more, I'm I'm really f- stepping closer to the evangelical side, and I really enjoy that a lot more. I'm finding a lot more grounded Christianity and faith in that. In that uh, sect of Christianity. Yeah. Okay, uh, I want to ask you a qu- question about that. And and by the way, Joel, I mean this is kind of an open forum. Okay, we're sure. we're going to get into this editorial, but th- I don't really have much scripted here, so we're kind of just okay. brought David in, and we're we're going to yeah. take this any route we want to go. But w- when you say uh, when you you kind of juxtapose reformed with evangelical, uh, I'm curious to hear what you think like the differences in your experience are you just referring to maybe more of like non-denominational churches well no, there are some non-denominal cha- churches sure but I, I think fundamentally where i'm looking at is a little more adherence to the bible and to the fundamental concepts you know i don't i think that we've gotten to an area and actually that's one of my talking points about the article because i really want to get into a, a, a larger conversation um about where we are in faith and where we are in society. And I think you raised, you touched on that in a lot of ways, maybe wittingly or unwittingly, brought that up. And I think it's, this is an important topic that we want to go. I don't know if you want to start there. I can start with that point, but we can go. Yeah, unless, Joel, you have something. Yeah, um, I'm intrigued uh, uh, with your uh, um, statement, a little more adherence to the Bible. Um, I, I would have to say, can we get like a lot more adherence to the Bible. I was being generous. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but that's, it seems like that's what we have. We now have a little adherence to the Bible in the sense that we will talk of uh, biblical principles. We'll talk about biblical ideas, right. direction towards the Bible, this kind of a thing. But we hate, as we've talked about before on this podcast, we hate the L word biblical law. And the reason why we hate it so much is because it, it gives us no wiggle room. And that is part of, I know, what's in, in your, um, what we'll be talking about, things like executing murderers. You know, we can say, um, well, biblical ideas tell us, to, um, tell us to punish them. Biblical law tells us to execute them. And so what happens is, and it sounds like this is what your frustration is, because, you know, they're, they're drifting, drifting, drifting. We got less and less of the Bible and more and more of, a, I don't know, a CBS Evening News. Well, let me take that because this is a talking point, and I want to kind of maybe make a slight turn on this because I want to expand on what you're saying. One of the problems I see as the church moves more ideologically towards the left and wants to take this, I see this concept where bishop, even priest, minister, whatever you want to call them, not necessarily Catholic priest, but whatever the title you want to use, are taking 
are giving almost dispensation to large swaths of people. This is no longer a sin. That's not mm -hmm. a sin. Well, what, what do you mean? You don't, you don't have the authority to do that. That it is a sin. Where, and the, and where we lie is the problem also can be that we go too far into managing some of the old law. And what lies in between is grace, redemption, in our faith, the new law. And I think that, I think that we can offer grace, we can offer redemption to individuals, because Christianity is an individual relationship with God. But the idea that we, the church or a minister, a bishop, whatever, can give dispensation to a large swath of people and just say, well, that's not really a sin anymore. I'm sorry, it is a sin. But you can seek redemption. You can seek grace if you're willing to come on to God. We all do it. We all have that moment where we cry out and seek God's grace, and we start walking that path, you know, and we start growing towards our purpose. And that's an important thing for people to understand, that we're almost negating, we're almost negating um, the supremacy of Christ and his, and his ministry by giving that dispensation to large people. Yeah, here's a question I would ask. If the, if, if the, um, if the murderer is executed, the murderer, is that gracious? Would you say that's a gracious act? Let me push back with a different, okay. with a different sure. answer. Yeah. And, and this may clarify what we're, both of mm -hmm. us are talking about. Isn't the idea of fast execution under biblical law, uh, you know, judgment and execution, mm -hmm. sure. exactly what the Pharisees did to Christ? Uh, no. They were actually uh, people that, because they had no – they, they had no ability to convict him. That's exactly what they did not do. They bypassed what they should have been done. They bypassed what the Old Testament laws were. Two or three witnesses, they had none. They bypassed it. And in fact, I was just reading that last night. Uh, Christ saying to them, I was just reading this. He's saying, you guys seek to kill me. You guys don't keep the law. And, and that's exactly what Stephen said in, in Acts 7 as well. You guys are not law keepers here. But that's my point, is that as human beings, and that's what I think Christ crucifixion and part of it part of it i mean you know certainly brings out is that can we as people really manage that law will we not handle it as well don't we need a certain amount of oversight and grace don't we need a certain amount of checks and balances in that because we will get it wrong and i think to some degree we're watching some of that right now in our in our world mm -hmm. where you know all of a sudden things don't feel the same in criminal justice mm -hmm. and we really are we are we able as people even people of faith, to really make sure that we get that right. Where as much as we have retribution, we should also have a certain amount of grace in there. Yeah, and I would say retribution is grace. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I would certainly say that if the, um, it, for, for example, if the thief has to pay back, like the Bible calls him right, to do. Right, 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 right. That's gracious. It's gracious for the, for the um, offended and gracious for the offender a lot more than, say, going to jail. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, Okay. All right, we can, I'm sure, talk more about no, that. No, we, we've, yeah, we've touched on it in a great way, and I appreciate your input on it. And it's one of these things where I think this is one of these points. And what concerns me, and this is one of the things that concerned me with the article, mm -hmm. was it was very based in old law. At least that was mm -hmm. the perception. I know you mentioned biblical law, which covers all law mm -hmm. right through the new law, but yeah. it was very based in you know, the books of Moses, the, mm -hmm. and, and it was very based in old law. And mm -hmm. I, I really felt, look, there needs to be this, just because of what's going on in our world, I don't want to see Christians re just totally retreating into the old law. We need to be making sure that we're encompassing the new law as well, filtering the old law through 
the new law because that is part of Christ's ministry. You know, sure. he, he clarified the old law by saying, "Look, there is grace, there is love, there are these points that we have to make sure that we're." The law is about you know, it's a great commandment. Mm-hmm. We must love each other. You yeah, know, here's where we're going to disagree. That. I think, um, and, and it's going to be a difficult disagreement. But I think we're going to, going to disagree right on this point, and, and that is that the old law. What, was there grace in the old law? And I would say, yeah, there's all kinds of grace. Yes, there was, but it wasn't necessarily used. Christ came back to reiterate that point. What did Christ change? What, 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 when, when Christ came, what did he change about he, the old Well, law? he gave us a great commandment, and he gave us the great commission, which really emphasized what we should be, what we should be emphasizing in the old law. Mm-hmm. Right now, yes, and for example, he quotes Leviticus of all of all places. Right, love you know. your neighbor as yourself. Right in the old law. Yeah, so I would say, would you agree with me? I think we, I think you would, uh, that um, the old law is an act of love. I think the entire Bible is an act. Of yeah, love. it's a love story. Good. I mean, yeah, so we have a love in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sure, there's no question Good. about that. Good. I mean, it is a love story. There's no question about that yeah. between God and man. You know. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm happy for <clears throat> excuse me for you two to keep keep talking because this is this is this is the point. I think you can start here. Maybe get to some other your notes. But David, you brought up a lot of stuff there. Uh, you brought up old law, new law. You, you also brought up this idea of whether or not we we can. Uh, I, in my mind, what I hear you say is, can we really execute justice? I go to Micah chapter six, verse eight. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So. When I read scripture, I see that God calls us to do justice. So, I agree. So we, so if we are called to do justice, we have to then ask, what is justice? And that's where I was coming from in this article. To to keeps to stay on this point with Danilo Cavalcante. If this man was convicted of murder, justice requires that he be executed. Justice does not require, and I would say it is injustice to turn him into uh, a slave to the state and imprison him and lock him in a cage. Right. So I understand your point. So let, let's start, let's stay there for a few more minutes because I think this is foundational. When you, when you juxtapose the old law to the new law, when you say that, that Christ came in the New Testament, that now the requirements for justice changed? Because if the requirements for justice didn't change, then we're still called to do justice. I don't know that I said that the requirements for justice changed. What I said was that how we perceive the law and how we enter into those requirements was reemphasized. Yeah, that's pri- why I, yeah, the I want priori- you to clarify. The priorities, the priorities of the of the law have changed. Not necessarily all just justice. I mean, look, Christ said he who was without sin should cast the first stone. That that's not a carte blanche and everybody gets to get off, right? But it does kind of say that if you are willing to enter into, if you're willing to seek grace and forgiveness, there is a basis for, you know, moving on in your life. But Joel, wouldn't you say that was in the Old Testament as well? The biblical law allowed the victim to choose, except in the case of murder, I sure. think, if we looked at it, but if someone had, had abused you, if someone had stolen from you, the victim could say, you know what, I'm going to choose to forgive this. But that, that was on the victim. In biblical justice, it's not the state saying, well, we're going to decide, you stole from this person, now you have to pay us a fine. It's the victim. If I stole from Joel, and Joel's like, you know what, I, I forgive you, Chris, you don't have to restore this, that's his, that's his extension of grace. And that was within the Old Testament. So I guess my question is, uh, with murder especially, I mean, maybe, maybe that's we can focus on that. 
How does the New Testament change justice regarding what should happen to a murderer? I don't know that it, for biblical law, I don't know that it does entirely, except that it offers grace and in situations, and it offers love, and it moves forward on loving each other. I understand your point, but I want to take this to another step. How are you implementing this in our society? Are you really talking about a church state? No, that's not what we're talking about, Joel. You want to comment on that? And then yeah, I can bring it back we're, yeah we're, not, we're not talking about a, an ecclesiocracy here. Um, the idea of the separation of church and state, of course, is a very Christian idea. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the ancient, uh, the ancient Romans, the Egyptians, and so forth, um, they, they had it tied together. Um, y- you know, the, the Roman Senate uh, voted on who gets to be God, this kind of a thing, or a God, I should say. Sure. That's, that's the way they did it. So it was, it was the Christians who gave us the idea of the separation of church and state. We see that, for example, with King Uzziah and the priests. <laughs> Who confronted King Uzziah? He wanted to go into the in, into the temple and offer a sacrifice, and eighty priests withstood him. And no, you, you you can't do that. You might be king, but you can't do that. Now that is, I'll talk about that for a minute because that's such an important thing. In other words, talk about a a, a strike at the divine right of kings. There is a limitation on the on what the king can do. Obviously, a limitation on what the church can do and a limitation on what the state can do. Church is a ministry of grace. The, um, the, the, the state is a ministry of punishment, if you will. But that doesn't mean that um, punishment is not grace. And I, think that's, I think that's our difference here today. I think, I think that's no, it. I understand your point, but still, yeah. there's, there's, there's a question there. I understand your yeah. point. Well, here, here's where I think I'd like to address that question. There was a time in, in the West, and perhaps in the East here as well, that a murderer would be approached by, on the day was to be hung, uh, by a, a preacher. And people mock this, oh, that's really stupid. But what the preacher would say is this, listen, we've tried to adjudicate your case. We cannot have you among us anymore. You're too much of a danger to innocent people. We can't judge you anymore. Today, we are going to promote you to a judge who can adjudicate your case and will adjudicate your case for eternity. Get ready to meet him. Now, why is this gracious? I say it's gracious because the condemned has one thing going for him that the rest of us don't have. He knows the day of his death. This is a gracious thing. Putting um, people in jail for the rest, they, they don't know the day of their death. I mean, and we have death row here. That's a joke. Um, all, all the appeals, you'll probably die of old, old age three times before that even happens. So I, I, am not, I, I am not willing. I think you are, but you can, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I am not willing to say that justice, God's justice in both Testaments, the Old and the New Testaments, are not gracious and loving. They are, and man's, man's laws are not gracious or loving. I think I appreciate your point, and I think that you're, what you're really talking about is that ultimately Christ's kingdom is the final judgment, and that is, that is real law, and that is, that is the ultimate judgment. We're just doing our best here on earth. And that's, that, and that's kind of my point, is that we are doing our best here on earth, and we're fairly imperfect about that. And part of our system is to give that benefit of the doubt through a series of appeals and checking the system and making sure that we do that, and that it has been done right. It has not been done unfairly, unjustly, ideologically. Um, and we're having a little trouble with that right now, but, we're, we're, but that is the goal. And I don't know that that's such a bad thing, because if we're not getting it right— if we have that, if we are wrong-minded, wrong-hearted, when we take someone's life, maybe we're wrong then. Maybe we're facing judgment. Does that mean we never take a life? 
No, I didn't say that at all. Okay, well, how do we know that we're right-hearted? Well, we always don't, but when we get into, if we have a series of appeals, if we have a series of checks and balances through our system, if we accept our imperfection, mm-hmm. which we all should accept, mm-hmm. and our imperfection in faith, our imperfection in sin, our imperfection in all of it, and just humanity, mm-hmm. then we need to have we need to be checked and balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. So is your is your the, the the challenge you have maybe for this uh, particular um, editorial is that um, Chris didn't talk enough about tr- uh, appeals. It's very harsh. It pushes right into right into this law, and it does give no no alternative. It okay. gives total confidence. In so your, if there were enough your- appeals, you'd be okay with the editorial. Not all of it, but yeah, fundamentally, I think that we're getting back to a system where in our country, we have a series of appeals. We check each other. We check our balance. We check our rulings. We find out if there was something as best we can okay. to do that. And that it's not a perfect system by any means, but it does give some time in the course, particularly of taking a life or holding harsh judgment that we can make sure we were just. So would, would you say the American system has given us justice? Well, not always, but it's done. It, I mean, you know, it's seen its imperfections by, by over our history, but it's probably one of the best systems we have right now on the planet. So, and it, need, and it has the flexibility. One of the great things about our system in our country is it has the ability to evolve and grow and improve if we're in the improvement mode, you know? Well, the, the question has to be, by what standard can it be improved? I mean, if when I ask the question, is our, has our American system given us justice? I mean... We have in this nation murdered 60 million babies under the legal sanction of of American justice. And this is where we walk into something that I wanted to talk about. I think you're I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I mean, I'm not disagreeing about the question of abortion or that the sin and I'm not pro-abortion guy. Okay, but in our country right now, we have a major problem. And this is one reason I think to some degree we're fighting a little bit on the wrong battle here. We have a larger problem just in general with the dechurching of our society. The, people are not running by the moral code that you're talking about. They don't recognize it. They don't, they don't hear it, and they don't want to be part of it. And they've, they've abandoned the church. They've abandoned faith. They've abandoned God. And we need to bring those people back into this church for a plethora of reasons. And your system is only going to work if those people come back into right. church and recognize the faith. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not my system. I mean, we're just talking well, about your what, idea, the, what, what you asserted. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. So. Well, I'm just saying, it, but biblical justice, but to what you said there, when you, when you read the scripture, and we've talked about this before, Joel, when, when God indicts the people, he doesn't do it because, well, you guys don't have enough religious values. You don't have enough religious celebrations. You're not going to temple enough, you know, or you're not going to church enough. It's you have shed innocent blood. You have failed to execute justice. But then doesn't most of our system, isn't it really based on biblical law? Our system really is. And many, many I say not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, well, it's, I, I, it's slid, I, I, but... What, what, could, what could you say I mean, in murder is a crime. Okay. Murder is a crime, but what's the... It, 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 but but how, how are they even defining murder now? Well, I know. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on a large... Right. But I mean, there are... We have to have... If you're going to have checks and balances, there has to be some kind of structure. With 60 million dead babies, would you say our system right now is pro-murder? No. No. I Well... I think you're asking the wrong question. I think we've allowed 
a moral decline in our society that has brought on the need or the or the the thought process of abortion, the justification of abortion, and we are. It is more about moral decline than it really is. Just, I mean, right. if well, we here, here, if we here, didn't have moral decline, sure, we wouldn't have the murder. Right, but we have the moral decline here. I would say we are very much pro murder because if you go out and, and we just had uh, a, a bunch of arrests in the D.C. area, you go out and you try to stop the murder of the unborn. Guess who gets arrested? Not the murderers. Oh, oh. so so that's why I'm saying I'm I think it's a very fair statement that our system right now is pro murder. No, I think our system right now is anti-church and anti-faith and anti-biblical law. Uh, it's definitely that. But as far as murder is concerned, I think it's impossible to say that it's not pro-murder when you have people trying to stop murder to get arrested and while the people are murdering are promoted and protected. Uh, I agree with you, but James, what my point I'm making is you're focusing in on just the murder. We can talk about the focus. I, and I think, you're locking, I think, you're, I think if you ha- talk about that focus, you have to talk about the larger process and the large thing, and to the point even further that the fact that our society, our law, our legal system was founded in biblical law. It may have, you know, it has its own, you know, uh, jurisprudence, but it was fundamentally founded in that law. There, we were, there started, were definite we, aspects of biblical but, law. But yeah, and we are starting, we are starting to really undermine every aspect of faith in our society including this mm-hmm. and that is very intentional because when we do that we pull the we pull the legs we pull the pillars out from under our society and it's not just justifying murder it's justifying everything that leads up to the abortion it leads up to the issues and we have to really start addressing that and we need to start bringing people back into the church and i'm not sure i don't want to say that we shouldn't do we shouldn't respect biblical law. I'm just saying that we, mm-hmm. you know, there's a harshness to this that I think grace has to play a role in that. It just has to mm-hmm. to start bringing people back into the church because that's really where we win. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not sitting there going, "You are now a murderer. Goodbye." It's really more involved in, you know, let's not get there. How can we? How can we grow? How can we be better? I think that's how can we start the rechurching our society and pressing out what I believe is nothing more than a Marxist revolution within our society and really start pushing back on that. Okay. I want to push back on, I've touched on it, but when you, it seemed to me that you said, and the the impression I got was there, there's stuff more important than the 60 million dead babies and the shedding of innocent blood. It's more important that we deal with the the fact that we're de-churched. And I'm just having a real hard time with that because when I read the scripture, God, he indicts the people. They're, they're religious. They're keeping their religious festivals, but they are shedding innocent blood. He says, I don't care about that stuff. I don't care if you're following the religious stuff. You have shed innocent blood. You are not executing justice. So we can have all the church we want, but if we're rejecting God's law, God says, I'm not going to hear you. If you turn away your ear from, from my, if you turn away from my law, I won't hear your prayers. So... If we reject God's law, he is going to reject us as a people. When we, the point I'm making is, this is a vicious downward cycle. And you and I are just on opposite sides of that downward cycle. The point, the point is, if we don't bring people back, it's going to continue, it's going to get worse, and there is going to be no church, no, there is going to be no biblical law. There will be none. The Bible will be banned. Okay, so 
I want to I want to keep talking about this. I, I think we've we've really hit an important point here because you've mentioned when you mentioned things like what we are saying is harsh or this editorial was harsh or maybe biblical law is harsh. I'm not sure. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm I'm just trying to struggle to understand here what what aspect of this of declaring what is justice of trying to see justice executed uh, enforced is not biblical is not gracious is not the solution or that we shouldn't be focusing on i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out exactly what would you say that it's harsh for murderers to be executed no no but i think it's harsh for murderers to be executed in a system that may not be very fair i don't know that the state is always just in putting people to death would you say a state is more fair than god's law no, 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 no. Okay, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to go there. I'm just saying that right now. Yeah. I understand the point you made. It's an excellent point that we're passing people along to God's law through through a a, a strict interpretation in our society. But I think it's important in the, in the adjudication of God's law and the adjudication of law in general. We have to have a process that checks us and makes sure that we're doing it right and that we are getting those. Those What's, principles. I, th- right. I think we already have that in in, in God's law. For example, um, it, it, they they really, God's law really goes into a great extent of saying you have to make careful, uh, careful investigation. I'll tell you one thing: God's law has that we don't have, and that is for the the the, the crime of lying under oath. Um, God's law is you lie under oath and you're found out. You get whatever. That could be a capital. Fa- we don't we don't have that. Clinton. I mean, this has been, been oh, done I know. so many I, times. I, I understand. And so there there is a a gracious aspect of God's law. But I want to talk about harsh for a second. Uh, Matthew fifteen uh, chapter three. Um, well, Matthew fifteen start one. He came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees. Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? Here's another case where God's saying, You guys aren't law keepers at all. Right. We, we often look at the uh, scribes and Pharisees kind of like Bible college students on steroids. You know, they just took it too seriously. No, they didn't take it seriously at all. Listen to what Christ says. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. So my question for you, David. Christ saying the person that curses a father or mother, let him die the death. Harsh? I think where you're going, I appreciate it. I'm not trying to convict that out. What I'm trying to say is, is that in our system as humans, you're admitting in the course of this that the Pharisees who were part of the ruling class yep. had it wrong. They had it wrong. They had no interest in God's law. They had no interest in God's law. What was and, the solution? And then? power, power was the basis of that. Vanity was the base. Those sins were the basis of that. We still have that in our world. We are still more than capable of losing that. So when we get very... We've already lost it. Yeah. yeah. So when we become very absolute in our judgment, we can run awry in that. We return to the ideal of what happened with Christ. Okay, but... You can bring him in, you can, you can try him, and you can crucify there's him. There's no absolutes in judgment? I'm not sure what you're saying with absolute, but what I'm saying well, is there you, is an absolute. You, you mentioned absolute. You said we, we don't want to be there too absolute. No, I'm not sure what that means. You have no recourse to appeal. You have no oversight. Well, all, well, there's going to come a point where there's no appeal when you're executed. I mean, that's it. So I'm having a hard time understanding. I agree with where the Pharisees were not following God's law. That's Joel's point. They weren't following God's law. Christ indicts them for that. We're saying today 
our civil magistrates, our rulers, are not following God's law either. They're doing the same thing the Pharisees did, which was to, to say, here's God's law. Yeah, maybe we'll give it lip service, but we're going to make our own man-made law, and that's what we're going to use to bring about justice, quote-unquote. So you're saying, you know, if we're not careful, we're going to get there. We're saying we're already there. Our, our society is, well, is rejected. So how do we get back? If it's And if it's not by the standard of, I mean, would Jesus, Jesus called on the Pharisees to keep God's law. We're calling on our civil rulers to follow God's law. I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing okay. what the breakdown there is. Okay. We're in agreement fundamentally. But I still think that running, we have to pass some of that. How can I say this? I believe that there's an overreaction to get way back into the into the Old Testament and negate using, filtering that through Christ's um, commandments, Christ, the new law, and saying, you know, there's a little bit of grace here, there's a little bit of uh, understanding, and there is a realization that as humans, we will get it wrong, and that we can be corrupt. And frankly, we're often, when we look corrupt, we look, we're pretending to be very righteous and very right. But how do we know if we are corrupt? How do we know if we are not? Because we have to have some level of checks and balances. And I'm not saying that our system gets it always right or that it doesn't have flaws, but we do have the ability to sit back in some of the most critical areas and say, this is something that we must review. Okay, Did but, we get this right? Okay, but what standard? When I talk about absolute, I'm sorry, one second. When we talk, when I talk about absolute, that's what I'm saying is that there is an immediate judgment, it is absolute, and then we move on towards the penalty phase. And I'm saying that in there, there has to be some recognition of our imperfection and that there is the ability to look at that and say, where are we going with How's that fleshed out, our imperfection? How's that fleshed out? Through appeal. Okay. I mean, okay. look, is, is it going to be perfect? Where I think you and I disagree is in the fact that I'm looking at a state system and saying here in our, in our journey of citizenship as we do the, that the journey of faith and citizens are bound together. In a free society, those two things are bound together. They're exclusive of each other, but they are, they are somewhat, at one point I referred to it as something of a helix, you know, like the DNA helix. They, they are independent, you know, strands, but they are woven together. They are very intertwined. We've, we, you're right, we've started to lose that. We've begun to lo lose that basis. But we can get back to that by bringing people back to the church. Okay, David, I'm trying to understand. You're, you're saying the way we can ensure justice is to have appeals, but there is appeals for Jesus's trial. He went to Herod. He went to Pilate. The, the, the scribes and Pharisees wanted him killed. They sent it up the chain. That didn't ensure justice. So my question is, what's your? I asked you, how do we know if we are corrupt, if we are not enforcing justice? What's our standard? And you said, well, we got to have appeals. But that's just kicking the can down the road. How do you know that, that the person you're appealing to, how can you look at anything objectively and say, this was just, this was unjust? I mean, again, I'm sure the communist system, there was appeals. I mean, I, I was just listening to Richard and Sabina Wormbrand. I mean, they're going up the appeal chain. Hey, can I get my husband out of prison? No, but the appeals are there. So if you don't have a standard of justice that's transcendent, how do, you, how do we know that what we, how we are dealing with murderers is just? And how can you, if you just say appeals, I don't understand how that solves the problem. Look, I think you, I, I'm not disputing the fact that our system, no matter how many times you appeal it, if it's completely flawed and 
How would you how it would you know it's flawed? How would you say but it's, what I'm saying to you is is that we have to bring people back and we have to reinstitute faith in our society, which is going to help that whole process. We are broken, but I consider where you're talking about about implementing biblical law, the simple fact is we don't have faith in our society. You may want it, you may believe it. I believe it. But there's a large swath of our society who absolutely doesn't want it, another, and another big swath that says, eh, just take it or leave it, I'm not really sure. And that's not really, and that's, those are the people, particularly that second group, is the people we have to bring back into faith so that we can implement this. If we don't start, you know, working the Great Commission, Christ's Great Commission, and bringing people back into faith, if we're not doing that, and we're not talking about that, when we talk about justice, if we're not talking about bringing people back into the church, then we're going to fail no matter what we do. Whether it's faith-based whether it's state-based we're going to fail okay i i hear what you're saying and i do want to acknowledge and that's obviously a big thing with what joel and i do i mean when we're out there on the street talking to people we're we're usually evangelizing them and, and talking to them about their need personally to turn from sin and trust this, in Christ. this isn't about just what you i mean I no but know. but it's a fair critique or uh something that people think oh all you want to do is focus on on law and that's not what we're saying but what we are saying is that when god indicts his people he says, you have the religion, but you have shed innocent blood. And I, I, and I don't think we can separate that and be like, well, okay, you can have church over here, and then, you know, justice in society over here, and there's no connection. The only way we can have justice in society is if we're following God's, God's law. And that's my question. I really, I want to ask it one more time. How, if you're saying we can be flawed, our system can be flawed, by what standard would we say it's unjust or just? for a convicted murderer to go to prison for 50 years like what standard do you use to say i'm not i'm not a big fan but i also think that we have to make sure that we get it right and it's but, best as best we can but, so when you say you're not a big fan are you appealing to your preferences uh, what's the standard that you say it's it's just or unjust or is or is it prison just but you're just not a fan of it that's what i'm really trying to get at here is it just to, to lock someone up in a cage for murdering someone. I think it is just as just to give them the right to appeal and the right to seek um, other other authority on parts of their ex, on parts of their conviction and execution, so that we can be sure that whether faith based, whether spiritual, whether state statutory based, we are doing it. It is motivated and it is executed in the proper way to make sure that we came to as much of the truth as we possibly can. And that truth and that justice have to go hand in hand. And if we're not really seeking out truth in the circumstances of that of that death, I mean, you're talking about murder, but you really haven't defined murder. I mean, you're, you're, I know you're going to you know quote something here, but that doesn't really define murder for everyone in our society. Murder can be a very complicated thing. Do you think it's undefinable? Not entirely, but I think okay, that so it's... We, okay, so, so to clear the smoke... Let's say we have a case where everybody agrees it's murder. We're not talking about the case where we don't know. Let's talk about the case where we do know it's murder. How about Danilo Conte's yeah, stab, stab, I mean, stab yeah. his ex-girlfriend? Okay, no one's, here defending, the, no one's here defending uh, Calavante. Okay, okay. I mean, you know, it, I mean. it kind of sounds like, a, well, we don't really, it's, this is what it sounded like to me. We don't really know what murder is, so how are we ever going to adjudicate it? But That's we, what it sounded like. But we also kill. The God, the God of the apostles was also the God of David. He was the God of Abraham. He was the God of Gideon. I mean, right. let's, so let's you, not kid ourselves. Christians and or Jews in the name of God have gone out and in God's blessing sought self-defense and 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 
It is not murder. It okay. is not murder. It, sounds, it a, sounds like you're really mixing a lot of stuff no, up here. No, I'm not mixing a lot of stuff up here. I believe in the right of self-defense, but I want to okay. make sure. And self-defense is I, not murder. All right, but I want right. to make sure that we are making sure that that's not what we're talking about. Okay, I don't. I don't no, we are think not. anybody's not talk- confused about that. No, we are, we're not talking about that. Okay, let's just... So let's stick with Danilo Cavalcante. He, yeah, there you go. He, he stabbed his ex-girlfriend multiple times in front of her kids. There, there's, there's, let's say there's witnesses, there's a, there's a trial, he's found guilty. My question for you, David, is in, in the law of God, does it have the appeal system that you want? Or, or is what God instituted not just because it doesn't have your appeal system? Because God- oh, no, don't put it on me, because I just think that, that you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to buck God's system here, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to make sure that we, as a society, a fallen world, is getting it right. Right, and, and we I have, appreciate that. We have to do it, because let's be honest, if we go in and we convict someone wrongly for the wrong reasons, we become the murderer. It's not really about who And Kyle that can be done under any system, right? Right, just about right. any system. Right. It's, it, it's not about who Calavante is it's about who you and i are and that's that's the point is we have to make sure that we are getting it right because then we become the murderer don't we well that's what god's law says you have to make diligent inquiry you have to seek this out and you have to have two or three witnesses and and you have to be willing to cast the stone you have to have the conviction that this person has committed this crime and i say to you again though in that if we do not have people who are based in faith and who believe in this, who do not believe in God, they are not part of that moral standard. If their imperatives are not founded in that morality, faith based in love, then how are you going to be able to do that? Okay, see, I, I, okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is, okay, I'm, I'm good with God's system, but if we don't have the right people um, in charge of it, then things are going to go south. So I, I have to... Well, no, if we don't morally, it's not just the right people in charge of it. If we as a society don't have that faith, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're some, to some degree fighting the wrong, right, fighting the wrong fight. We're fighting too narrow an issue here and that we're dealing with, we're dealing with just the conviction and we're dealing with the criminal justice aspects of this. But the real problem is that we have lost faith overall. Mm-hmm. And, and to some degree, you know, this is like trying to save, you know, rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm not sure that we. Yeah. The problem is that the hull's full of water. Not really that things aren't looking the way we want them to, or the judgment is wrong. We are way, the hour's grown late on where uh, yeah, we are I, in Christianity. I, I think, Dave, maybe that's more the uh, the the heart of your position. Possibly, is that okay? You you might say you might concede, say okay, you know, you guys are right about this, but you're fighting the wrong battle here. This is not the way to bring everybody back. Right, the, the battle, the battle you're fighting, um, and if you I, lose that battle, oh, it, everything you're standing up for yeah. goes away. Well, it's it's, it's already it's, gone. It's gone. We now. don't we don't it's, have it's, justice. Sixty million dead babies would say that it's it's going. Well, I tend to agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I, mean, I agree with you. Sixty million, but, but, but I'm also willing to look. Yeah. yeah, down. I'm willing to look at the social aspects and say, you know, we could can't. A lot of this wouldn't be necessary mm-hmm. if we were back to. A moral basis yeah. in our society, we wouldn't be doing the nuclear family, you know, mm-hmm. church, God's law. If we were looking at a lot of these things, God's mm-hmm. law in a way that doesn't necessarily do, before we get to murder, we can be talking about things that are very manageable and very workable, and people would not be doing this. Yeah. So let's let, let me address that. Um, 
We have a couple things here. For example, um, again, not to put words in, but I want to kind of repeat your position. Make sure that I'm that I'm getting it right. And that is, uh, before we talk about uh, you know murderers here and Cavalcanti and so forth, can we just get the small things right and then go more towards the big things? Is that pretty much your position? I don't like the word small things, but I think that or the, the, or, or the I don't think it's a small thing. I think that okay. what I'm talking about is that there is a moral foundation to our society. Our imperatives as a, as a people mm-hmm. are, are founded in morality. That morality mm-hmm. is founded in faith based in love. Mm-hmm. And we're um, not we're not doing. I, I would say it's faith based. Yeah, faith in God's law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love for God's word. Yeah, right. It's faith based in love. I mean, however you want to read, you make sure it's defined, but. Mm-hmm. That is a concept, and, and I guess when you know you look at, you know, I'm a big fan of Dickens and and some of the others of that time. You know, when we talk about how like the Christmas Carol, when we get out there, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about you know the ghost. Mankind is my you know responsibility. This is something that we, the idea that when and our when, you know Kant was very much at that time where he talks about our imperatives and, and morality. The, I don't think that those people could ever imagine a world where. That morality wasn't based in law. It wasn't based in sure they could we could look at it, it Islam. And it, it was around then. But I mean, I'm making a point to you that the society they lived in. They, I'm not sure they ever saw that breakaway. They saw us, you know, getting away from it, getting away from the church. But they, you know, taking care of people, going out and taking care of people, which is, I think, something also of Christ's ministry. We're taking care of people. We're avoiding the murders mm-hmm. by solving the problem mm-hmm. at the grassroots issue we need to come back to god any crime christ could forgive just about anything if they came on to him if they were willing to come back to the church and i think we're living in that time we have to get people back to the church we have to get faith back online yeah so and, how, so how do we that do that will, that's a great question yeah and and, and here's where here's where i'm going to say that um that it is i believe legitimate to talk about public sins and public crimes um for example um timothy uh, paul talking to timothy what would you tell you know a, a budding preacher you're at the end of your life you're paul you're going to be the most um commented on person who ever lived probably what would you tell him and in first timothy one he's talking about the law of all things he says we know the law is good if a man uses it lawfully and then he goes on to say what it's for murders of fathers and mothers and so forth whoremongers those who defile themselves with mankind for men stealers that's homosexuals there uh defile themselves with mankind liars and he says according to the glorious gospel of the blessed god which was committed to my trust in other words timothy do talk about these kinds of things. Isaiah, Isaiah does the same thing. In Isaiah chapter one, that's how he starts out. You got 66 chapters. And what does he start talking about? He starts talking about the innocent blood and the wicked things that they are, are doing. Isaiah, you know, to, to, to put him in perspective, Isaiah is, this is what's going to happen. Jeremiah, this is what's happening. Ezekiel, this is what, this is what happened. That's pretty much going on. Isaiah chapter one, when you spread out your hands, verse 15, I will hide my eyes from you, even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Earlier he says, when you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. New moons, Sabbaths, assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. So um, you and I are going to disagree perhaps about church and so forth, but I, 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 this, the, the way Isaiah and Paul start out here, 
They're talking about public crimes. They're talking about public sins here, and they are talking about innocent blood. And that's what we're talking about, I think. And I know you're, you're not going to say, well, I'm not saying not to talk about that, but I, I, I think you kind of are. No, I'm just trying to think of what what's the cart and what's the horse and which one should be first. And I, I think I, and you're telling me Isaiah you're telling Paul. me that you believe that this is that this is it. But I think coming I, I, Isaiah and Paul certainly thought so. Yeah, fine. I mean, they're, yeah. they're coming out, but I'm telling you in our society and what we're facing is very much if we do not get people back to church, this is a mute topic. Okay. If we don't start, if we don't start bringing people back to the, this is not only we can solve a lot of these problems, but I, and we've lost that ability. But I also think the topic is going to become moot. So they're going to go back to these liberal churches that reject God's law. How how is that going to solve the problem? We we've had historically. I'm not just talking. You know what I'm talking about. Well, We're no. talking about getting that faith, the real faith, based on that. I've walked away from some of those churches too. Right. I understand that. But we have to, and I, I think you're right to clarify that. I'm clarifying that. I mean, and look, I walked away from the churches. I walked, you know, mm-hmm. I I mean, I had a very difficult time with that. There were a lot of people in the church who I really liked, and I still love very much. But I have to be honest with you, I coun't be part yeah. of that. That's hard I to do. And I couldn't be part of that that ideological. I mean, you were. I was being preached ideology. I wasn't really being preached you know christianity it it seems to me that and and that's why you're here so you can correct any of our misunderstandings that you're setting these things up almost as mutually exclusive we have justice in society and then we have church religion personal salvation i'm not sure exactly what that category is but it seems to me you're saying these things are mutually exclusive and if you focus on one you neglect the other i i don't accept that and I would also no, no, point no, to no, Zacchaeus. No. Let me just Zacchaeus. When when Zacchaeus, uh, the tax collector, when he came to faith in Christ, he said, "I'm going to follow God's law here, and I'm going to restore what I've stolen from people." And Jesus didn't say, "Well, you know, you're missing the point. You don't have to worry about justice in society." He said, "Today, salvation has come to this house." So I just want to, if those things are not mutually exclusive. But in fact, they go hand in hand. And to Joel's point from Isaiah chapter one, how many times did Christ forgive? With the with the better intention that people came onto his ministry, came onto the came onto him and told them to sin no more and group and regroup them. So right. I think that there is an important important part. There is an important place for grace and for bringing people into the church and for bringing people Amen. forward. And I think this is an incredibly important part of what we must do. It's not that these are exclusive things. It's just if we are not running some of this through the filter of Christ's ministry, and if we are not really pressing his great commandment we're going to fail particularly in the times we live and, and that, that's, that's exactly what we're ta- calling for christ's commandments right we, we are calling for that um christ quotes himself really in deuteronomy for example he's he's the originator originator of the law and uh, psalm 119 tells us how wonderful the law is and christ certainly didn't change that so I think that's what we're calling for here. We are calling for the, the law of Christ. Paul says this in Galatians, the end of the law is love. So I don't see what Christ changed. That's, that's yeah. what I don't see. He, brought, he called out a lot of the, the, the people who weren't keeping. Yep, he sure did. did. And we're kind of going back to this. And sure. I'm just looking yep. at the imperfection of people and their inability to do that. And I'm, and I'm pointing out the fact that Christ opened a lot of grace up, and he brought this forward. Wh- wh- where did he do that? I'm, I'm curious. Cast the first stone. Okay, I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah, John 8. So what Christ did there was we know that he wrote, on the, uh, wrote in the dust of the temple, right? They said that this one was caught in the very act, right? Right. 
They walk out one at a time. And you remember his question after they all walked out? Woman, where are your accusers? Jesus Christ actually implemented God's law there because in order to have a trial, you had to have accusers. They were gone. No trial. He actually applied God's law. And I think we see the grace of God's law in that event. It's very gracious because it wasn't enough just to drag her out there and say, we said you did something. No, you had to have a trial. And that's a gracious thing that God does. The J- the J6 people have not had a trial. And there's no grace there. No, I agree. I totally so, agree. I'm so, totally so, on board. So so in, in the case of, of um, I agree with you, we, but, but Christ did not introduce new grace there. He simply implemented the old grace that had been there in his law the whole time. All right. You and I are talking very much about the same thing, but I'm just emphasizing something or putting it forward. And I think that you have to have that reevaluation, that appeal of that grace. That it's not that he just you know he clarified the old law is what he did. You know, mm-hmm. He emphasized sure did. He emphasized parts of the old law that were not being emphasized. Like longer. Matthew 15, right. if, you, if, if you curse your curse father and mother, you should be put to death. Right. You say that wasn't being emphasized in the New Testament, so Jesus is saying if we want justice, if you curse your father and mother, you should be put to death. There's, no, I'm, I'm, saying that he's, I'm saying that he's going out and, and Christ is bringing in, emphasizing these parts of the old law and bringing a more complete old law, a more just old law. More, but, ju- more just old... I don't. I don't understand. I got to stop because you there. the Pharisees and everyone else were not. You've just told me that they're not doing so. Let's it. let's not so say he's bringing not, a more just old law. He's correcting people. He he's saying man-made law is unjust. Follow God's law. Will we agree. He's with that? Cre- he's cre- right. He's creating. Okay. He's create. But he is clarifying the old law. He is correcting ma- their misunderstanding. Right, right, right. That's maybe a better okay. say, a better statement. There, he is correcting their misunderstanding. But we have that same potential, and that for that reason, are we really? Are, we should have, if, we're, if our system is, is, is broken or we have such ideological flaw, we have people unable to do this, then we really need to have the ability to make sure, at least try, at least try. And I want to go back to something, a thought for you on, on Calavante. It's not, and I'm not necessarily trying to, I'm not trying to buck what you're saying, but there is also the idea. Now, do I think that Daniel Calavante is going to find God? And the answer is probably not. But... There is something to the fact that if he found salvation in jail, it doesn't commute his sentence, but it does mean that he can have a very powerful ministry in jail, and he can serve Christ from that place if Christ chooses. Of course, but that's almost saying the means justify the ends for justice. I'm still trying to get this point down with a specific case like Danilo Cavalcante. What does justice require? Isaiah 42.4 says, referring to Christ, he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. And Micah, God tells us, he's told us, this is what I require of you, do justice. The people are indicted for their shedding of innocent blood. Seek justice, correct oppression. By what standard do we do that? That's the question. And I want to bring, give another couple examples because I'm... St- sure, go ahead. It still seems to me that it's like, hey, we can't... We can't do this because we're not perfect. When God gave the law, he knew people were sinners. He says, hey, here's the standard for justice that you need to follow. And I think God has a better understanding of our nature than you do or I do. So if he knew that, hey, we're fallen sinners, but this is the standard for justice, and I require you to do justice, what you're saying to me, the application of it, I'm not saying this is what you intend, is that God didn't know that 
when he told them to do justice. And if God said, here's my standard, do justice, what you're saying is, it's well, we can't do justice because we're going to get it wrong and we need an appeal system. Let's say, so I won't let you respond to that, but let's say, let's say someone come, breaks into my home and is harming my family, right? And I, I shoot them and kill them. Okay. Well, that's a matter of self-defense. It's a defense. Well, it's also a matter of justice. Is it was it just for me to do that, right? And c- can we make that judgment? But if you're saying, well, well, yeah, but you know, we there's a lot of errors we could make. We're not perfect. We can't. I can't say whether or not that's just. I think you would agree. That was the just. guy really trying to uh, rape my wife. Right? Like, was he? Re- did I? So, was I dreaming? So, but the point is, if 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 I can get you to say it's just for someone who allegedly murders someone, there's a trial, there's evidence, and the people are willing to execute this person, and he's executed. If that's justice, not doing that, perverting justice, will invite God's judgment on a people. Would you agree with that? Yes, with the caveat that we have to make certain still, we have to make provision that we got it right, because we are not perfect. Christ can make that determination. We can't. Okay, but we're still responsible to do justice. So we, we can't say sure. we, we can't say well because we might get this wrong, because we are we have do you, to. Comp- do you want to turn that justice, your life, over to the current justice system? It already is at their hands uh, to some degree. Yeah, yeah, of course, it already I mean, is. So that's and and sixty million dead babies. It's already it's already been you know they've been murdered with impunity. There's no there's no there's gonna be no justice for them this side of the veil. But it, it's it, well, it seems to me what you're saying is we can't call on civil magistrates or anybody to do justice. No, I think our system has taken an idea of checks and balances and taken it to an extreme, and it's broken. And it's also broken because of the ideological philosophies that have come in on it. And, and they, are, they are sweeping this aside. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying that we should be careful when we talk about, you know, if we're going to really do justice, then let's do it. Let's try to make sure we get it as right as possible. That is a that is a very fair. Yeah, yeah, no one here is going to disagree with that. By one. the standard of God's yeah, law. By the standard of God's law. That's, the, we're, only, we're that's good. the only way, and that's where I'm concerned. Your standard of appeals. I, I want. I guess I'll ask you again. Does is your standard of appeals in God's law, or is that something you're adding to God's law that we need for justice? I think it's within it. Okay. I think it. I think it's generally within it. Yes, I do because I think we look for facts, we look for things, and did you get it right? I mean, where these things? Look, you can talk about appeals, but there weren't really appeals for Christ when you get done with it. Herod and 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 Pilate are not exactly what I'd call fair actors in that appeal system. Yeah, but that was an appeal system. But the point is that wasn't that wasn't God's law. I mean, in the it end, wasn't. no, in the it end, wasn't. There's an appeal system in in the system given to that Moses institutes. There's judges of tens, hundreds. He says, bring the more difficult cases to me. That's God's appeal system. At the end of the day, though, someone is going to make the determination what happens to this murderer. And there's an end of the line. There's an end of appeals. Oh, I agree. I, so, totally, I so totally agree with just, you. It seems like we're spinning our wheels here. Danilo Cavalcante, justly convicted. Should he have been executed two years ago? Could well be. Should he have been? Yeah, maybe. So you won't answer yes or no on that? No, I mean, look, I'm not involved well, in the case. Look, well, I, I'm, I believe, I'm, grant I believe, that he, grant that he was justly convicted. Yeah, that, Gr- grant that there that. were evidence. Right. Grant that, let's say they had it on video. But the whole point of appeal is to make sure that it was justly where, convicted. Where is that in God's system? That's saying, hey, here's the evidence. Here, here's all the witnesses. This is 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, this guy murdered this woman. Where in God's law does it say, well, you still need another appeal? I think in through, through the ideas that Christ put forward and in also in the law, there are, I'm not quoting scripture for you, but there is a, there is a process of making sure that we got this right. So where would that end? For, so how long should Danilo Cavalcante have to wait? How long should, should, the, should the victims, should the family of the victim have I'm to wait not, for justice? I think until there has to be a standard there that we set down, and I believe you can go to Scripture for that, but I think that there still has to be a check on how we do things. We are not, we're not really that great at passing judgment all the time, and we well, have to make sure that we, we, we have get checks the, now. You've got to convince 12 people beyond a reasonable doubt. How, how's that? I mean, that's a no, check. No, I know. I understand it. It's a very good system. It's, it's not perfect, but it's about as good as you can get. So the system we have now where Danilo Cavalcante, and, and, and let's grant, I mean— I know none of us were there, we're but where he where he has murdered someone, or, or pick a say, okay, this person was convicted, and it's the best that we can get is to lock him up for fifty years. I didn't say that I like that. I didn't say that it really should well, be you said that it was way. The best that we could get. No, I said the system we have generally, the system we have but with generally, twelve people and with a set of appeal is probably one of the best systems on earth. What should happen to him? Oh, I I think that he can go to. Wherever he wants to, wherever we want to put him, I'm frankly, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, he can go to death. I'm not against the death penalty on someone like that. You think, well, it's, you think it's optional? The death penalty? Yeah. For a case like this, duly convicted murder. I think that I'm straying here from what your point is on God's law. I understand that. But I think we need to be careful about the state taking people's lives. I do believe that in a state so that is... So well, he should here, not be taken. Well, he, he should a, not be put I'm death. making a point on this. Is he, We have a state that is not run completely on God's law. That's our point. That's that Nanello Cavalcante was not executed. If it had been based on but God's law, he would have been. But that's the point also throughout the process. If the process is flawed, it's just not the execution. It's the entire process. And frankly... That's why we love God's law. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand that. But we have a long road to getting back there. And I'm not sure okay. just by slapping somebody in the gas chamber, we're making it right. Okay, I just don't think that you're making it right. I just We're don't not think. solving all the problems in one time. But if we can't even get to the point where we say, hey, murderers should be executed, what, what are we trying to... What, what, where, where are we getting? I mean, how are we so not are, teaching the law so of God? So doctors who commit abortions also going to be murdered? Are going to be sent to death? Would that be just? If, a, if, a, if an abortionist took a baby and ripped it limb from limb, what do you think should happen to that abortionist? I don't think it should be allowed at all. But it happens. What, what should you happen? know, I don't think it should be allowed at all, but, but it, the problem is it is. Well, what should, what should be done to that It happened when it was illegal, too. What should happen to that abortionist who tears that baby limb from limb? I don't have an answer. God, God's law has the answer, and this is one of the, the beauties of God's law. It tells us what is just. In Micah 6, I have told you, old man, what is, what is just. And God's law tells us if you take innocent life, you should be put to death. So those abortionists, yes, they should be executed. If you have a trial, if you have evidence, justice requires they be put to death. And that's the loving thing to do because it prevents them from murdering more babies. And that, that gets us to the heart of this matter. If we don't have God's law, it says in Proverbs, right? Without, without the law, without vision, people perish, right? But he who keeps the law, happy is he. If you don't have God's law, you have no What is justice? I don't know. I don't know what should happen to this person who rips a baby limb from limb. Maybe he should be promoted. I mean, no, that's, that's not what I'm. That's no, not no, what I'm saying. You're not saying that. that, but I mean, we're saying that now. Protect that what guy saying, and give him give him a, 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 we a, are. a spot. We are. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Christians who even just mildly protest abortion clinics now are being arrested by the FBI. Not just the FBI, armed 
heavily armed right. FBI units. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a little, you know, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But I think that all, I think that there is a process here, and I, and you know, you and I are talking about different ends of the same topic, and we're very much in agreement. But I just, I just think that we have an issue here where we are, our society has lost, and I think we can get ahead of this instead of being behind it. And I, I agree with you, but if. I don't think we need to do this if we can start to bring people back to faith. And the other side of that argument is the doctors, all of these people who are not of faith, who are justified in what they're doing, they don't recognize this law. But are, are they're, you, they're not recognizing you at all. They're not recognizing this conversation. They think that we're out in left field. They're like, we're a couple of Looney Tunes. They don't think yeah. about the Bible. They don't think about anything. And that's, that is wrong. I agree with you. We need to get back to this base. But how we do that is an important conversation. And, I, and we're, we're failing. We're, we, have, we have a monstrous, monstrous enemy out there. And it has had time and the hour's grown late on it. Let me tell you. Well, yeah. So let, let's do a thought experiment on that point. Let's do... Uh so see, see, I, I always say when thought experiments, see, I can be a TED talker, I, I can be a liberal. <laughs> it's a thought experiment, okay? Um, and then I'm going to say, lean in with me. I'm just kidding. Um, and all those other uh, terms those, sure, those go folks ahead. use. Yeah. Um, how, how would? No, let, let, let's not necessarily say you, um, David, uh, but folks that maybe agree with you here. How would we have um, uh, counseled Jonah? Jonah was at the. Uh, tip of the greatest revival that i know of in the old testament at least and um you know god says arise go to nineveh the great city preach unto the preaching that i bid thee jonah rose he he goes to nineveh and it's a huge city and jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey and he cried and said yet 40 days and nineveh shall be overthrown now i would say today you can correct me that our um maybe even you david would say Jonah, come on, bro. That's not the way to convince people. Um, but it was the way. And the king himself says, we got we got to stop doing the wicked things that we're doing, which is what we're aiming at here. Now, what did Jonah do? He told them the truth. And what we're saying here is this. Timothy, uh, or Paul to Timothy, certainly Micah, certainly Isaiah, uh, the beginning of Proverbs, all throughout Proverbs, tell people the truth. If we compromise that truth, if Jonah would have compromised it, that city would have never repented. Your thoughts? I agree with you. And we're getting back into the same conversation, and we're kind of going around on this. I'm going to paint a different, a different kind of scenario, and I agree with the biblical. You, you biblical. wouldn't have, you wouldn't have uh, counseled Jonah to say something diff- different. No, I'm not. Look, I'm not against Jonah or the biblical. You're law. good with what he said. Yeah. The, okay. The problem. The problem is a good portion of our country, an increasing number of our country, aren't. These people and, weren't. Yeah, the Ninevites weren't. And, and, the Ninevites weren't. I know. I know. And you're saying that this is a way that that this system works for going out there. I understand. But we're not. We have people who aren't even talking about Jonah. They don't even know who Jonah is. Yep. They don't even know who Jonah is, right? Or care? You, 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 might, you, you, might, you might as well be talking about you know somebody way out in you know like yep. ancient history. You know, the Artemis were ancient, but I mean, you know right. what I'm saying. I mean, you know, like where'd you get that? You right. know, and this is the problem that I'm saying is we are we are putting a law out on people. You can't. They can't. They don't even know that they're sinning. They don't even get it. They don't even know that of of God's law. They don't even believe in God. 
So it's pretty hard to start down this path until we start convincing them. This is and, and like Jonah did. Right, well, I'm having a hard oh, time here. Jonah no, did. no, 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 no. Let's not have a hard time with this. Okay, help me because out. Because the truth of the matter is, look, and I think that there's a certain amount of Christ's ministry that comes into play here in the new law where we start to talk about bringing people back to God. And I'm not saying that we're getting rid of the old law, but I am saying that it, it may be more important through grace to bring people back to the law and start to get them to understand it and to live within it and to appreciate it. Start to have them see this. And we need to have some solutions. We're not talking about solutions. We're talking about God's law. We're finding justice. Wait a minute. God's law is a solution. No, it's not in this. Not where you're coming from with it. God's law is a solution on the crime. Mm-hmm. But God's law, does, but what you haven't come up Injustice. with, a, but you haven't come up with a solution to prevent the crime. And in a societal issue of not finding that, you know, how are we going to stop people from ending up in abortion clinics, having children? How many? Now there are people who go to abortion clinics just because, like, oh well, you know, it was an accident. I just don't feel like doing this, you know. And I, that's that's one that's one area. I mean, I'm not as sympathetic there, right? But on the other side of the coin, there are a lot of people and tough straits, young children. I mean, there are kids out there getting pregnant today. This is a problem, and, it's, and it is generational now. Yeah. And, we're, and there is a church, there is a government out there that's telling them it's not only okay, but to keep up the good work, and we'll pay for it. And I got to tell you, how do we overcome that, and how are we going to do that? And you're not going to convince, all of this is fine, but we're not going to convince a government or those people of this law or to get back to truth. And I think that that's something where we have to try that. If we're going to really be fair arbiters of the law, if we're going to be fair in judgment, then we have to start a process that brings people back, and we have to start talking about the consequences of doing this. We have to get ahead of, we have to get ahead of the, um, I'll call it jurisprudence of the old law, you know, of the law itself, and start getting into how can we have redemption? How can we get back to the church? How can we, you know? I and, mean, I, and I know if, of no other way to do that other than than God's law. And and, and you know, earlier you said, David, um, you you don't have any any means of preventing the crime to, in the first place. Yeah, we do. We 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 seriously do. That is to implement God's law, and all Israel shall hear and fear, and shall do no more any such wickedness as this among you. That is prevention, and all the people shall hear and fear, and do no more presumptuously. All the men of the city shall stone him with stones, and he, that he die. So shall you put evil away from among you. Are you bringing we, back stoning? We we do have the solution here. Are you going to bring back stoning? I'm, I'm going to bring back execution. And, but, and, God, but you just said God's law is, is stoning. Is yeah. it, is stoning so you right? want to do stoning. Wait, let me, yeah. let me ask you, David. Yeah. Is stoning unjust? I think it's barbaric. Is so it you, unjust? So, wait a second. So you think, so God, okay, is it unjust though? Yeah, if it's barbaric, it's unjust. So what God instituted was unjust. For today? Yeah. So, so justice changes from time to time. The execution can. So we can do better. We can do better. So were there other means available in the Old Testament than stoning for execution? Maybe. Would, would, in your opinion, would they have been less barbaric than stoning? Yeah. So why? So was it was it unjust for God to choose stoning? I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm right. I'm just saying I still think it's barbaric. And then, you know, you can go through the scripture, but you're not changing anything. You're not changing anything. 
Right. Not a thing. That's the problem with all this, is we're not changing the fund, the grassroots problem. I mean... I, I would say we're not doing it because we're not actually preaching God's law. We're, we're not doing that. The Church of Jesus Christ today, the institutional church... Yeah, I agree hates, with you. ...hates God's law. Well, I want, I want to build and, on that, Joel. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I'm not, ta- I'm not taking anything. I agree with you. I, I do. I do agree with you, and I think that... And I think there's this... And now I, we started with this, this. This sense where all of a sudden, because it's so inconvenient and because some things can be very, like, well, not modern, right? We can sit back and say... That's not a sin anymore. This is not a problem anymore. And I don't agree with that. I said that early on. I just think that when we get out, we have to start. We have to start. I'm going to put this in very fundamental terms. We have to save as many as we can. Okay. You That's said- really where I'm at at this point because I got to tell you, this thing is going to expl- I'm really concerned this thing's going to explode on us. And you know what? You can talk all about it. You can talk about it all you want. But the, the enemy, he's armed. And you know what? He'll stone you. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It'll stone you. It'll stone sure. 60 million dead babies already. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let me tell you, dead baby, you know, let me tell you something. He'll walk up, you know, Sophie's Choice, poof. Sure. You know what I mean? That's where, that's where yep. you are. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I, we're on the cusp of this. And let me tell you, we have to start bringing some of this back. And I agree with you. Look, I, I agree with you. But I just think that we, if we have to get out there and really start talking about because if you fail in that endeavor, if you fail in this endeavor, let me tell you, it gets pretty barbaric, and there is it's already barbaric. It's already barbaric. And we're we're no, already there. There's no one to help us. Okay, but, yeah, but I agree. What there's I've, no one to help us. There, in World War II, there was the United States, and it was a it was a society back then that was much more what? deeply based in the Bible and the faith. Today, we're in trouble. Let well, me tell you, yeah. the United States is the one that's under attack. Yeah, and well, there ain't nobody else well, coming. Here, here's one of the things in my editorial, David. We deserve it. We deserve every bit of judgment that we are receiving as a nation. Well, that's not what you said, though. You said we deserve Daniel Calavante. I don't I, believe I, anyone deserves a man. I said we deserve worse. I said we deserve far worse. We definitely deserve Cavalcante, but if we do not turn to God's law word, we can expect far worse, and I do, I, we deserve worse. If we are murdering 60 million dead babies, if we are rejecting God's law, if we are shedding innocent blood, we deserve judgment. We should fear God think, above all. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think where I am disagreeing with you is in the fact that if we don't bring people back, the point becomes moot. And okay. I think, and I think that we're talking. I, I agree. About, and I think we're talking about something very different. Where I'm saying, like, look, we have to exercise Christ's grace, His love, and we have to see how many we can save. Because frankly, that is what will. St- it is through that ministry. It is through Christ's love. It is through Christ's grace that we are going to find victory. It is Amen. not. It is not. It is not necessarily. In executioning the, the abortionist, it may be right, but it's not going to grant us the, victory. The, the question is: Is it just, and does God require justice? You had mentioned earlier that the people don't even know they're sinning. So I, I would ask you, and I appreciate you being here, David. I mean, I think this is a great interaction. No, I would, no, no, I, no. There's I, no offense here. I want, I want, I want this to be through because I think that there's a message here that needs to go out into society. I would ask you, how do people know? If you said people don't even know they're sinning, well, how, how do you? How, how do people come to the knowledge of their sin? Jesus Christ. We well, start talking them about the Bible and about the whole story of the Bible, the love story of the Bible, and we present it to them. But we present the love story of the Bible, not just the execution of the Bible. So I want to read to you what the Bible says, how people come to the knowledge of sin. It says in Romans 3.20, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So that's so you're saying it's one thing, but the Bible says it's by the law. So 
if people want to need to know they're sinners, if they need to know that they are headed for hell, if they need to know that they have committed injustice, that they've shed innocent blood, that they are storing up wrath for themselves, that they need to turn to Christ, the Bible says the law is a knowledge of sin. So, of course, we preach the law and the gospel, but it, it still seems to me you're saying these things are mutually exclusive. No. But, but Jonah went to Nineveh, he preached God's law, and that was a message of hope. Turn from your sin, turn from your injustice, because God's law requires that you have justice, that you execute justice. You are not doing that. And it says there that they, their hands were, their hands were, their wicked deeds, their hands are doing. So if, if, if we can't bring this together, David, if we can't bring together the law and the gospel, and, and love we, even. We, we can. For all the laws fulfilled in we, one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So what we're talking about, we're talking about loving our neighbor here. Yeah, executing the um, the murderer, act of love, according to the Bible, according to the New Testament. Agree? I agree. We're good. But I think that you're still, how can I say this to you? I think there's a tendency, I think there's a strong tendency now in the Christian church for people like us, you know, who have a certain amount of faith, particularly, and, and want to preach that. And it's not wrong. But on the other side of the coin, is it really bringing people back? We're failing. We're failing. And the answer is, I'm not saying that you're wrong or that you shouldn't preach it, but we have to get this right. And there has to be a certain amount of grace. There has to be a certain amount of love involved in that. And just telling them that, when I come up and when I stone you, I want you to know I love you. That's not going to really. That's not really. That's not what we're saying, David. Yeah, but it, but you kind of are. It is kind of this. No, but listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Is I'm not trying to beat you down on this. I'm trying to make a point to you that the people who we're trying to bring back to the church, who don't believe, who don't understand the law, who don't want to hear this, they see this. When they hear this, they look at it and go. Oh, so you're telling me I can pretty much die now and that's not really no, what, what we're, we're what we're saying not, is there there's there's a standard of justice and we're not talking about retroactive oh y you committed some crime 20 years ago now we're going to do all these retroactive trials we're saying there's a standard of justice god has given us what is just and you sir who are murdering babies if we had a just society you would be put to death if we had a just society, right, and they what, wouldn't be murdering babies. People that, wouldn't have the need so, for this. Okay, so but that's what I'm saying is you've gotten locked up in – you've taken the bait on this, and if you want my honest opinion, and I think a lot of the church has in the fact that we have begun to really – treat the symptom of this evil and we're not really getting at the disease and the disease has has grown is really deep in our society and i understand what you're saying I, I only one way to extract that i only one way preach the law word of god i don't know of any other way okay I mean, it sounds like you're coming up with like a like almost psychological here like like kind of squeeze in to, to try to tell them how much jesus loves them don't say too much about their sin that's not the way the Bible does it. That's not the way the way prophets did it. That's not the way Christ did it. That's not the way Paul did it. What? But you can. That, that's we not can the talk, way it's done. We can talk about sin, but we can talk about redemption too. Well, well of course we can. Of course we can. Do you say we're not talking about redemption here? So let's say, well, let's so, say terrorists come so, in. Yeah, so yeah, that's what, exactly what we're talking about. But no, you're not, because you're talking about someone who comes in and says, "I had an abortion, but you know what? I think I'm a believer." Are you telling me that person needs to? Uh, be executed now? Okay, Danilo yeah. Cavalcante. Yeah. When he's, I'm not talking about Cavalcante. He's a okay. clear case. I'm talking about oh, wait, abortion. Case not, he's not a clear, not clear case for you. No, wait, you're, wait, you're, you're not sure wait, what should happen to him. Wait a second, David. He's not clear cut. Are you saying wait. an abor abortion is not a clear cut case of murder? 
I think you're answering my question. I think it is a clear-cut okay, case of murder. Okay, so someone but, murders but someone. But I'm talking about redemption. Where do you see that redemption? Return from your sins, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved for eternity. Justice requires that you be executed. You're going to meet your maker. Turn from your sins, believe on the Lord Jesus I don't know Christ. That, I don't know that the Christ really functionally did that, though. He found ways he forgave people. Uh, right. He called for death for people who cursed their parents. Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 4. He, Paul, ca- he called for the, a millstone to be put around the neck of the child molester. The apostle Paul said, if I've done Christ. It, Paul said, if I've done anything worthy of death, I do not object to it. Put, put me to death. If I've, if I've committed a capital offense, put me to death. I don't object to it. Because they understood what justice was. So you are preaching a church state here. No. We're yes, preaching. you are. No? Yes, you are. So, so if, how, how is it a church state? If we have justice that is purely out of our faith, it is a church. Not, not, out, of, faith. not, not our faith. out of faith. Out the of Bible. God's word. Different. So if you're Hindu, you pretty much are SOL? The, they, Hindus don't anything, well, know anything about the God's law word because they don't believe it. No, but, what, what, but neither does a no, huge a portion of our society. David, right. That's and exactly they, and, my point. Hang on, David. And, that, and that's my point. You're, you're saying that, are you saying that there is a source of justice in Hinduism? Are you saying that? No, I'm but, saying that the, your source I, I, of justice. No, wait a minute, Joel. Not my D- source. Hang, hang on a sec, David. Yeah, not my the, source. Well, the Bible source. Time out, time out. Time out, time out. David, does the Bible say that the Hindu has to be executed? I don't think so. Okay. so I don't think so. Okay, neither do we. So what was okay, your... Okay, so the, the point is, if you don't believe the Hindu needs to be executed, why does the person in our society who doesn't believe in God have to be executed. He doesn't. We a murderer, never said a murder, that. A murderer has to be executed. We never said or, that. What, 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 what God's well, law wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. God's law. It's, but you, 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 you're, you're double speaking here. Okay. If you have a murderer in our society mm-hmm. under God's law, mm-hmm. not judicial, sweeping the state law right. away, we're talking God's law here, Yeah. and they, they commit murder, and he looks up at you and he says... I don't believe in your God. I have nothing to do with it. I'm not a Christian. I have no part of this. He goes free? No. No. He's so the Hindu. So how can the Hindu go free if he's in the United States of America? If he murders someone, he should be executed. Well, I mean, we don't get to pick and choose God's law. It's okay, all there. I, you just told I, I, me I that. I thought you had said... Boy, I'm really I, thought, confused. I, I thought you had said... Oh, I there's nothing confused here. I thought you... I thought you implied that oh the Hindu gets executed because of his beliefs. We're saying there's a stand, oh, okay. there's a standard of justice. It doesn't matter if I'm you're saying an atheist. if you don't believe in this. The Hindu doesn't believe in this. He David, doesn't you, know anything about it. Okay, what it doesn't matter what you, what you believe. What matters what your actions are. If you murder someone, you can't say well I don't. Even to, even in our system, I think you would agree with me. If someone goes out and murders someone, says oh well I don't I don't believe that murder is wrong. Okay, well we're not even going to put you in prison or lock you up. You're free to go, Danella. No, I'm not. I'm not. Preaching right. that, I think to some degree, I'm trying to find where you're standing because you're telling me it's not a church state, but to some degree, I'm finding a very much a biblical church state. No, what what we're saying is there's a standard of justice that the civil government is beholden to, and that standard is only found in God's law word. So if you abandon that, now it becomes my opinion, Joel's opinion, your opinion. In our opinion, we might say, well, you know what? A prison sentence for 20 years is good for drug possession. Prison sentence for 30 years for Danilo Cavalcante and then probation for stabbing his ex-girlfriend. That's just. There's a standard of justice, and it's in God's word. That's not a church state. That's saying, there, because David, there has to be some standard that the civil government, the civil magistrates are beholden to, that God will judge them by. What will God judge the civil rulers by if it's not his word? Is it going to be their own opinion? Well, you know, when they stand before God on Judgment Day, well, yeah, you know, well, I, this guy murdered someone, but I just said, you know, let's put him in prison for 10 years. 
What, what, by what standard is God going to judge these magistrates? I, I still think you're. I still think that you're preaching a church state. So I just ch- don't see how so you're getting around so that. But, but, but church is the every, question. If everyone is held to your justice, not if the justice, not my justice. justice. All right, my the justice. Bible, the Bible's justice. Then they are subject to the Bible's justice That's under right. all circumstances. God's justice, and that is. That is becoming, but that is a that it's is not a the church bi- state. Well, it's a Bible state. I mean, that's you want to call it whatever you like, but I'm it's happy a, with that because a church state implies that the church, okay, and the, the leaders elders. of the church yeah. are 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 the ones that are out there. But I would be curious on your answer to my question: By what standard is God going to judge civil magistrates on the day of judgment? Oh, I'm, I understand this. I'm not telling you, you that you we agree shouldn't. with that. You agree with it? I, I agree with. I agree with God's judgment. I agree with the, the so, law. I mean, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that we have to be careful where we are in this, and we have to be very fair about what it is we're saying. We have a very global world. I, I can't think of anything more fair than God's law. Uh, you Maybe. want fairness? I can't think of anything more fair. I agree, but if you're not okay. that, but we're all Christians. Okay. We, we read the Bible. We well, grew up I, on the Bible. Yeah, I got to tell you something. And, and so, if somebody you, believes something different. It's unjust. Why should I care if someone else believes something different? Why should I care about that? I guarantee they don't care about my belief in the Bible. And the people out there right now that are running things, they don't care too much about God's law word and God's justice. And they are unjust people. Am I supposed to say, you know what, I'll give up God's law because somebody else doesn't believe it? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm not telling you to give up God's law, but I'm telling you I, that there is... I think you are. I, well, on I, some I level, think you on so, are. On some I think level, you are. On you some, are on some level what exactly I, what I'm that. telling What I'm telling you is that there is a division between... We walk this combined journey of faith and citizenship. Faith influences our citizen. It influences. It should be a strong basis of our society. A matter of fact, it should be a very strong basis. But we have to be a little better than that. We can take this... I, I can't be better than promoting God's law. How how can I be better? I think that in this worldview, if you're going to bring people into God's law, you're going to need to find a way. Preaching it the way Isaiah, the way Paul, the way the prophets did. Jonah. I can't improve on that. I, I won't necessarily deny you the point, but I think that you're getting into some very difficult things. They did, apparently. Some of the people who don't believe in you have nuclear weapons. I know. I mean, I'm making a point to you that you're going down a road here that is pretty self-destructive. And, you know, this is something where we— Was it the self-destructive for Jonah? I mean, I I thought we agreed on that point. Jonah's Jonah's a guy who's following God's thing, and it's a great story, and and there are great lessons in it and all through the Bible. But i got to live in today's world, and I've got to live with this, and I have to say, if the church is going to continue, and if we are going to have God's law— we need to clarify some of the bigger issues and apply it to our I society. I would say God's law is exactly what we've abandoned, and that's why we don't have a church to anymore. A large, to a large extent, I agree with you, but I just need to find a way to get people back because if you don't, it may not, there may not be much God's law left. I mean, God's law is eternal because it'll be God's law. I understand right. that. Right. But in, our, in the world, I'm not sure. So, yeah, it seems you might have a bit of a pessimistic outlook. Joel and I don't. We believe the gospel is going to prevail. The kingdom will move forth. Christ will be victorious. First Corinthians 15, he's putting all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed I agree is death. With, I agree with that, but I will tell you something that I don't. That I think I have a lot of friends. Some are very courageous people, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends. And they're, they're waiting for the rapture right now. I can tell you, man, they are waiting for the rapture. Yeah, that, but I got to tell, I got to tell you, that, and I, and, and to some degree, I got to tell you, there's a lot of signs out there, and I'm not on, I'm not saying I'm not on board with them. You know, he, they, we have these arguments too. So I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I've got my head butted against a lot of people, but I will tell you 
that and 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 i agree with that you know and christ will be victorious but like all like the egyptians you know it could take four or five hundred years and i'm not sure that i really I agree i'm not sure you know it's easy to say boy things are ugly christ's gonna be here soon You're i'll right. sit on this stump and right. just wait for it you to get yours yeah. and the answer is the answer is we have to find we have to say you know it's still on us until i see the white horse i, I i'm pretty much like it's on me it's on us and we have to find a way to make this right and I just don't want to have to go up and stand before my maker and say, and look at him and go, how'd you get this so wrong? And we go, you know, well, you know, I was trying to do it strictly. I don't know that I really told you to do that, Dave. You know, like, good Lord, man. You know. So you think we stand before God and, we, and he says, well, what have you done? We say, we've tried to follow your word. That, that's, that's a bad answer? No, I think it's what he's going to say is, Why? Why did you kill so many people? Why did you allow so many people to be killed? Because you, of the law? If they've murdered some, you think you think you're you think, stuck on murder because it's I'm a not great stuck topic. On it. It's a great okay, topic yeah. because you know what? It's a hard one to back away from. But the law covers a lot of stuff. And the simple fact of the matter is, what I'm telling you is that there is a world today where we have to bring people back and bring more people under right. Christ's thing. And I'm not sure. And I may be wrong, but I think there's a way to get it, get at this, and I'd like to find a way forward before we really, really end up in it. Well, I think before I think, we lose it all, I, I think one of the key things that's come to the fore for me in this is that, and I know you might disagree, but I mean, people can listen. And it's a great conversation because these are the ideas that, that people are having. This is a very important conversation to have. When we've brought up some aspects of God's law, it seems to me that you've you've bucked against them a bit, stoning execution for the murderer. And and when you talk about what is destructive for a society, when you read through the Bible, when when the nation abandons God's law, you look at Daniel, Nehemiah, when they confess their sins, we deserve this judgment. We deserve we deserve the, you know, in our day it would be the nuclear attack from the Chinese, whatever. They say we deserve that the Babylonians came, came against us. We deserve that judgment. And why do they say that? They don't say, well, you know, because we stopped going to church or because we stopped being religious. They said, we deserve this because we have cast God's law behind our back. I understand. And, and, and so if you want to talk about what's self-destructive... Well, we're, we're not talking about an army surrounding a village anymore. We're not talking about a city-state anymore. God is... We're, t we're talking about all the marbles. Right, but who controls China and Russia, ultimately? Ooh, uh, Satan. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, but if you want to look at that, I Satan, mean, so, so he's, he's part of their government. I mean, Christ controls the world. Okay, I mean, so I mean, so if 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 we are, what's our greatest threat? If we're going to be Christians and look at the Bible, what's the greatest threat that we have as any people, any nation, any society? Would it not be to cast God's law behind our back and invite the judgment of God on our society? Would that is there anything worse than that? I'm not sure I follow the question. I'm sorry. You're, you're, is there anything worse? You're talking about being self-destructive. You're talking about judgment. You're talking about uh, these these nations attacking us. I'm I'm asking: Is there any worse judgment, any worse outcome that could happen to America or any nation than casting God's law behind our back and God saying, "I'm going to judge this nation now," because God is in control of Russia and China and all these things. Okay, I think I understand is your there, point. Is there anything me, worse than me, casting me, God's let, law behind our back? Let me, let, me, let me take a different stance, on, but I understand your point. Yeah, and I, I'll answer the, okay. where, where I'm coming from on that. Yes. There I understand something your, worse. 
No, 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 no. It's not okay. a matter of being worse. Okay. It's a matter of motivation. And I think what you're saying is we've invited God's judgment and war and whatever pestilence comes upon us, tribulation comes upon us, is God's judgment on us for losing God's law. Right? That's, yep. that's kind of where I'm Bible at. That's what the Bible says, yeah. We've cast your law behind your back. Yeah. If, if you turn away from my law, I won't hear your prayers, Proverbs. So that's what the Bible says. And I also believe, though, that evil walks this earth and manipulates people. It mis- manipulates societies. We have to fight back against that. Evil. Right, that's been happening. Just, that's been happening throughout. And, yeah. and, and and we have to fight back against that. With what? And God's with law. our God's faith, our faith, yes, and God's and, law. God's law. Good. But I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But we have to bring those people back. And I think that there's. I think if we're just, if we're not showing more grace here, if we're not getting people involved, then I got to tell you, you can call it God's judgment, but. It's a serious. I, I think you're putting a lot in. I think you're putting a lot that this is all God's judgment, and I'm not sure that that. I'm not sure that's right. I think throughout history, we have seen great injustice, great cruelty. We fought back against true, true evil in this world, and I, I'm not sure that we're ready to do that. And I see some of these effects as real evil, not really, not really God's judgment but real evil, because God's judgment may be to punish his people, but it also, but I have to say, I don't think we're here, I think we're underestimating how much Satan has affected this. And I mean, I think the authoritarian and the many forces that we're looking at are being pressed by Satan, and I think they are the emissary of Satan, and I think that if they get hold of this society, there will be no church, none. And yeah, no, we don't have much of a church now. I know. I, so, I'm not arguing with you. We keep going back and around there, and, and we say, well, then how do we get back? And you say, well, let's bring them back. Let's bring them back in the church. But the church is like busted completely. Um, we rejecting have, God's rejecting law. Rejecting God's law. We go out and we protest what's going on at, let's say, the, the perversion at, at, in Lancaster County. We go out and protest. Most of the churchmen are against us. I know. So, so, I know. so, what what church are we going to bring them back to? Again, I just don't know any other. I, I don't know any other example. I don't know any other law than what we have in the scriptures. And I know how the prophets fought this. I know how Christ did it. I know how Paul did it. I know how Peter did it. And I I I, I can't improve on that. And they preach. They promoted the well, law, word of God. And I, I don't know this, the way to improve. You've made a great case. I mean, it's, I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm not, well, I think why don't you right believe case. it then? Because you don't believe it. It's not <laughs> a great no, case. No, no, no. Don't no, tell no. me it's a great case when you don't believe it. Because it's a bad case. No, it's a great case. But <laughs> I'm just making the point of people watching. This forum, the fact that we had this forum, and the fact that we fought about this and discussed it heatedly, and the fact that we pushed back and forth and talked about things, that's it's what's great. going to resonate with people. That is what's going to resonate with people, and they need, they need to hear both sides of that, and they need to hear the unequivocal strength of what of God's law in what you're preaching, but and maybe even more more robustly. But I have to say, we have to get that message to them, and it has to come to them with a certain amount of grace in the fact that, look, this is this is where we're coming from, and this is why you need to listen. We need to have this conversation. The stakes are very very high agree so I, would, I would say thank you for helping us getting that message out because i think you, it's an important you, part. you have um if i don't get a chance to say this later um i'm gonna say it now 
Um, David, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you do you feel uh, put you on the spot? Did you feel you've been treated fairly today? Oh yeah, yes. absolutely. Absol- okay, yeah, absolutely. I mean, be like David, you guys out there. <laughs> all, all you guys, don't hate be like us. David. Don't be like yeah. David. <laughs> <laughs> all My wife's that- going. No, no, don't be <laughs> like David. <laughs> you guys that hate us. You know that you'll say stuff about us. Okay, that's fine. You know, say all kinds of stuff. Um, better people have, you know, worse things have said about been said about better people. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't care if you talk about us. Come in like David has done. You will be treated fairly like David has been treated. Be like David. All you guys out there that 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 want to say stuff, come on in here. Come on, bros. And and not just you know. I think I would also say to people. Go back to your church. Go back to a real church where you get Bible, Bible-based church. It's really founded in the Bible. Start talking with people. Start having these conversations. You can come here, but start having these conversations with, you know, your peers and start really having this discussion because it's important. And we're not, you know, if you don't mind me taking just a second, I got to tell you, and it's a different topic, but some of the stuff that goes on in our society with, you know, guys and girls and all this stuff and in who's in what's bathroom and things. And I was having a conversation with some young people. I mean, very, very bright, very, very talented young people. And I think the world, of, and, and I was going around and I looked at them and I said, these people are about 30, you know, and I said, uh, I looked at them and I said, I- I'm not doing this for me. I said, I'm almost 60 years old. I, I'm like, I raised my family. My son's a grown man. He's a good man, too. He's a good man. I mean, he's got things to learn and maturity and things, but he's, a, he's, a, he's, on, he's on his way. He's a very good man. I said, I'm doing this for you because it doesn't matter. I, I'm going to go get my retirement house, and, you know, I'm going to fade off into the sunset. That's, you know what I mean? Like, I can do that right now, and, you know, at some point I probably will. You know, but you, when your child comes home and says, you know, this guy's, in your, you know, you have to deal with abortion. When you have to deal with, when you have to deal with some guy in your daughter's locker room, or they've sexually neutered your son because they think the church is, they, not the church, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. the, the education system has decided that you don't need to be notified and you're never going to have grandchildren because this kid's been messed up forever. I said, that's your problem. You're going to deal with that. And you should have seen the body language on this person. He just sat up and reeled back and he was like, Oh, my God, I never considered it that way. You know, it was a war with me, and he was going to win this because that's what they told him in college, right? Mm -hmm. And he was going to win that war with me. And all of a sudden, when I put it on him, it was like, my God, you know, you're right. I mean, I could have children. I I could be arrested at a school board meeting. I could be arrested outside of uh, an abortion clinic. You're like, oh, my God. You know, and all of a sudden, it was like the weight of the state and the impropriety and the ideology – suddenly blew up in his face. And I think we can start that conversation and get people to reel up. I think they will come back and they will talk about this law. We start, we open the door. And I, and I really believe that through grace, that is how we open that door. But how far that can go, and I, we may disagree on that. But Well, I think, I think we all agree through grace. And uh, I think our disagreements is that whether or not God's law is gracious. Oh, it and is. I know, no, we, no, we, I know you're going to say, no, 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 we, we agree on that. But um, it sounds like we kind of don't. Yeah, there were definitely anyway. some things we didn't agree on. And yeah. And just, oh, yeah. I mean, and people can go yeah. back and listen. Yeah. I mean, for, for example, and if we want to talk about how can we get churches healthier, how can we get Christians thinking about these things, we cannot disparage God's law. And I would just—I don't, cha- don't want to disparage. I would it. just challenge you, David, to, to to make the to suggest or say that that stoning was was un, is unjust. That's God's law. We we either accept God's law or we don't. It's unjust then in the Middle East with the Muslims because they're Muslims, not because they're Christians. 
No, not it's, no, because, because they just apply God's law. They're, they're cutting off people's hands. The God's law never requires that. For I example. understand. I understand. They're following so Sharia law. They're not following. Yeah. They're not yeah. following biblical law. But that's just a point to think about. Now, I, we'll try to wrap up here. I mean, this has been great. But I wanted to read Nehemiah nine. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee. And they wrought great provocations. Therefore, thou deliveredst them into the hand of their enemies, who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors. So, yes, we agree that Satan is active. God is still sovereign over Satan. And in Nehemiah here, he says, look, you cast God's law behind your back, and God delivered you over to your enemies. Was there demonic influence on the enemies? Absolutely. Okay, I, I understood your point. So, yeah. so the idea is if, if we cast God's law behind our back, we are inviting God's judgment. Um, I also want to read this and see if you comment on it, Joel and David. This is from John Mark Bertou. He wrote this in 1996. Uh, the this is about abortion and, and justice. Uh, the refusal of magistrates in our contemporary democracies to punish those who commit abortion, parents, doctors, and nurses, as God's law demands, as those guilty of deliberate homicide, can have no other effect than to encourage those who desire to rid themselves of their children to do so because they can commit this frightful crime with judicial impunity. When the legal system no longer applies the penalties provided by divine law, the preborn child is no longer protected from the murderous designs of his parents or of his doctors. It is not with impunity that a society thus violates, violates divine law. If the magistrates do not individually apply the divine penalties upon such public crimes, it is inevitable that God himself will attend to it by judgments, which, after all is said and done, will be collective. The frightful fall in the birth rate, which strikes all countries that refuse to punish abortions as it deserves, is certainly one of these judgments. We will see many other judgments if we do not turn away from this abominable road. Thoughts okay. on that? Here's where I'll push back on this, and this is with the theme that I've pushed back on. I'm not saying that I disagree, but what I'm saying to you is our society has become moved away from a society. And this is what I'm talking about, a modern society. We've, we've, talked, we've walked away from the times of, of the Bible, which means we've walked away from a lot of the application of the law, the nuclear family, and so forth and so on. Where is the, we're not talking about the punishment. We're not talking about the grace. We're not talking about anything to do in other words, if we have a, a young person who has gotten pregnant and is looking to have an abortion and get on with their life, wait, 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 fornicated against God's law. I agree, I agree. Okay. But when I'm making a point, we talk all the time. Wait, no, they no, got no. pregnant like they just rolled out of bed. No, 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 no. They fornicated against God's law. Now they have a baby. Wait, wait, Keep going. No, no, no. That goes back to what I was saying about getting people before we get into the problem and dealing with the church. But also in God's law, there is a lot of provision. Move your mic a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of provision for the fact that we, that family takes care of people, and that people, that there is a support system for this. That support system is gone. That doesn't exist. I mean, the best support system that these people are looking at is welfare. And the point I'm making in this is, if we're going to talk about judgment, if we're going to talk about law, we need to apply it all across. And this is back to what I'm saying about the societal issues. We have to go across the board, and the only way we're going to return that is to return society to God's law, to the church, and to all of the pieces of it, not just, not just this harsh conversation about, I mean, you know, look, is it right? Sure. Is it just? Is it just? Sure. Okay. But on the other side of the coin, 
I don't want to be here. I mean, is that all we've got to talk about? No. Can we talk about the fact that these people can, we can stop this process before it gets started, that we can offer a, a better way forward for them? I mean, right now, the Hagee Ministries, and I know you may be familiar with this, has a great home for for um, people who want to choose an alternative to abortion. And it's a great, great uh, facility where they can start their lives and find, you know, and, find, and have a place. We don't do that as a society, and this is part of biblical law. Where okay. we, we family support. So I think we do. Let, let, I, I let, think we do. I mean, say. right now, I, I'm out in front of abortion clinics, and I tell people, right now in our fellowship, we have two families that will take a baby right now, no questions asked. And I think that's do, wonderful. Right, okay. Great, great. But do you think, oh, okay, I'm not going to kill my baby now? No. No, they're there to kill their baby. They don't care if you if you yeah. want to take their baby or not. They don't care. I know. They have to kill the baby. So let me, let me say something real quick to what you said, David. Yeah, Joel and I were out there yesterday at the Planned Parenthood. But just the the approach here, one of the things that, and this happens quite often with Joel and I, so we're used to it. We're, we're talking about God's law, and then it says, well, yeah, but we should be talking about this. But but we could do it. It would be like if we said, hey, we're going to bring you back in here, David, to do an episode on how we should be providing adoption services, and which which we support. And Joel just said, well, you know, and then I came in on that podcast and I was like, well, we shouldn't be talking about this because we should be talking about justice only. Like, I, I wouldn't do that because I'd say, okay, we can talk about what it would look like to offer help to people. Joel and I have, have done that. There's been many Christians who've done that. But to me, it's like a bait and switch. We we can nail down here what is just. God has given it to us. He has He has told us what He requires of us. Can we get there? It's not mutually exclusive from offering help to people. Oh, I agree with that. So, so that's it, why I'm so trying to press it. But what I what, what I, my feeling from this is, if we were having a conversation about how we can offer help to those who who need to you know to give up their baby for adoption, mothers need help with caring for their kids, that it would it would kind of be frowned upon if I were like. Well, we can't have that conversation because we need to talk only about justice. And it just seems to me you're saying, hey, all we're doing is talking about justice. We, we can talk about justice, and we can say God's law requires this, and it is unjust to not punish murderers, and it invites God's judgment on our societies. It leads to more uh, abortions. It leads to more orphans. It leads to more iniquity. It leads to more suffering if we don't follow God's law. And at the same time, we can we can also say hey how can we help, how can we help people who are suffering under the judgment of God even if they deserve it we're all about that I just want to stress that point these are not mutually exclusive grace is not law and grace are not mutually exclusive I agree when, with when that. we're talking about yeah. justice in society you know which is very gracious according to God's law so yeah. so that that statement by Bertu uh, I know it's a bit long David but do you agree with that 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 it's unjust to not deal with murderers and that it invites God's judgment on society? I agree with everything you're putting out there. I'm talking about, but there is a larger, but how can I say that? You know, I, there is a cause and effect in all of this. And I'd like to get ahead of that so that people are considering this. If we're not implementing God's law across the board, we're really only implementing it then in retribution for the end product. No, the we, symptom, wanted, we wanted across the, symptom, the board. And I'd like to get back to a time where, you know, these things didn't happen. Well, you, know? you said that earlier, but they always happen. Until until the end, there's going to be sinners. I mean, that's like when God gave, I know that. When God gave his law uh, to Moses, and he said, Here, here's what you need for justice, execute justice, he knew that there would be people who would break the law, and therefore they'd have to follow, the people would have to follow God's law to deal with the murder, to deal with the thief. We don't only have to talk about murder, let's talk about theft, right? There's a standard that you have to follow. So 
even if we have a society where most of the people are Christian, we still need a standard of justice, right, for, for conflicts between you and me, between, so I'm having a hard time understanding, well, that means that we don't, we don't talk about this. So I would, if you can, and we got to wrap up here, if you give me some practical application, David, like you're saying we're approaching this from the wrong angle, you're saying you agree. I think there's been clear things we disagree on, which is good for the conversation. But what what practically here, what are we getting wrong here? Because we are arguing for the full fidelity to God's Word, just like John the Baptist went to Herod and said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. You need to follow God's law, right? I mean, he couldn't list every commandment in that one instance, but he's saying, hey, you're breaking God's law. You need to follow God's law. Joel goes before the county commissioners. You know, obviously, you can only say so much each time, but what 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 are we missing here? We're calling on people to turn from their sins to find salvation in Christ. We're calling on the civil government to apply justice according to God's law. We're calling on pastors to preach the word of God. So maybe try to try to tie it together. For no, me. no, no. You just tied it together. That all needs to happen. But the article didn't talk about all that. The article just talked about the justice of of. Uh, you know, dealing with the murders, and it talked about the justice. But when John and the I Baptist think, went before Herod, let's okay, not the, the point is we keep we keep digging down into that. And my point is, you just wrapped it all up. You just brought it all in. That this needs to be a full package, not just not just a judgmental package of the of the law, but it needs to be. We need to be preaching the entire concept of the law, and that goes back. It talks about things like the nuclear family. We talk about taking care of each other. We talk about this. We talk about not getting pregnant, you know, fornicating before marriage and all these other things. I will t- look, you know, I've been, the only woman I've ever been with is my wife. We've known each other since we were 19. I've been married over 39, 35 years, right? We've known each other for 40. Okay. I mean, let me tell you, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, you know, it can be done, you know? Sure. So, David, are they, so they're not mutually exclusive? No, 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 no. Okay, not. So, so when John the Baptist went to Herod and said, hey, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, would you have had the same critique with his statement because he didn't include, you know, everything else? That, hey, Herod, by the way, you know, you can find salvation in Christ. Why should that be mutually exclusive? I'm not, I'm saying it's not, but it's saying, and I don't mind you critiquing my editorial, but the point is, it's like, well, th- this wasn't included, and... But why couldn't you say, oh, yeah, I agree with this 100%. Caval- justice requires that Cavalcante be executed. Justice uh, requires that we don't lock people up in cages. And we deserve God's judgment because for this. the person who's reading it, you and I, and I understand that we're going to go back into that. I don't want to roll back into it. But I think when a person who reads it, especially someone who is very much not where you and, and Joel are, or I am, is going to read that, and it's going to cause them to reject. The, is going to cause them to reject. That's where the ministering. Well, that's where being out in the community, and that's where talking about some of these other points. When we talk about this, we need to talk that there is a larger presence of Christ in your life that yeah. will keep this from happening, and will start our society on a. On, we we need to reverse the spiral, and you can do that right. by having a larger picture, not just. I would say, David, the Bible's against you. The Bible's against you. Uh, Psalm 119.45, For I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. I think the Bible's against you, David. I, maybe, but I will tell you, I will never, never regret or talk, down, talk or, or bow my head to the fact that I tried to give grace and I tried to bring people okay, back l- to Christ. Never. Let me ask you. Never th- bow away from me, because that, and I believe this with all my heart, that is ultimately victory in our society and in the world. 
That is where victory is. Agreed. It is, not, it is not in judgment. It is in victory in bringing people back to Christ. And I don't mean sending them there the old-fashioned way. I mean bringing them back to Christ in our time, in our place, and pre- having people start to really understand the importance of having Christ robustly and, and, and in their daily lives. And by the law is the knowledge of sin. And they're not right. coming to Christ if they don't understand they're a sinner. So we got no, no, they're, I, they're not I, coming. Yeah, well, well that started coming. off the first part. I mean, the, yeah. I very much agree yeah. with that so, concept. Uh, it, it, you're saying t- I, I'm hearing two different things. <laughs> I'm hearing don't talk law, bring them to Christ. And the Bible just, says you better talk law, so they're not coming to Christ. So I, I, I it, it, to be bluntly, David, I, I, I think you're saying two different things the whole time I here. I don't think I am, but that's okay. We're gonna we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on that because I'm not gonna really relent from the fact that I think people need to have an opportunity to come to Christ and to be forgiven and to start their lives and to be open. And if all they're facing is 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 a stoning, they ain't coming. That's so, not all they're facing. David, that, we, ever, we never said this all the time. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Francis Nigel Lee for a second. Right. When he was alive, he's a South African. I think he's maybe New Zealander. Um, he was the most um, degreed man. He had 40, 24 degrees, a Christian, a Christian man, uh, a professor. His um, parents were attacked. And his father was beaten to death. His mother died, I think it was like six months afterwards from the trauma, from the injuries she sustained. He went and he spoke to the the perpetrator. Okay? And he said, I will, I will um, be behind before prosecuting you to the full extent of the law, even to the point of death for what you've done. In the meantime... There is a Savior who died for sinners, and you had best believe in him. I agree with that. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the justice of God, which leads you to the grace of God, and that's what we're talking about. I think you're saying that's not what we're talking about. That's what we are talking about. We are, but there has to be a little bit more grace in our society with that. Do we have to have yeah. the heart, all of the harshness? And you're saying yes, it's and not I'm ha- saying we can bring... Harsh. And I know you don't God, think it's God's harsh. God's law is not harsh. Is God's law harsh? I think, I think that when we judge that harshly... When, I think you're, the, not, you're not going to answer that question. Well, I is just God, did. Is, is God's law harsh? The, your interpretation of it is. Not, is God's, okay. Is uh, putting death a, a, a cavalcanti, is that harsh? No. Okay. But, but there's... Right. But so what's mean, harsh about God's law? No, what's well, harsh is... It, it, no, answer the question. No, no, what no. What is harsh I'm, about I'm God's law? I'm saying you're, you're putting forth God's law as an absolute without grace, and I'm Forget saying... Forget about me. What you understand quoting, about you, God's law, what's harsh? Lack of grace in what you're putting forward. Not me, you. I'm talking about you read the law of God, you read... Forget about Joel's interpretation. You read the law of God, what's harsh about it? Lack of grace. And I think that there's... In a, God's law. Not in Christ's law. In, in Christ's law, there is. It, 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 who came up with Who came up with God's law? Christ is God. That's my point. Right, and that's that's my point. I think you're still saying that the law, and I'm going to nail you down on this, David. You're telling us that God's law is harsh. You're telling us that. I think the way it's being put forth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I, but what I'm putting it forth, you don't right, think you God, don't, God's law is not harsh. You, you don't think that Christ revised God's not the, old, the interpretation no. of the Old Testament. No. The, the where inter- did he do the it? You don't think there's a new law? No. You don't believe there's a new law? No. Where where's it? Where's there a new law? You don't believe there's a new law? No. Most of theology disagrees with you. Uh, please enlighten me. No, I think that I, I I think if you go out there and talk about it, there is. Well, forget I mean, about them. You. We're yeah, talking well, to you I'm, right I'm, now. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you, that's what I think. That there is where 
We have a whole New Testament. Where did he do this? We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, Where know, did he do- I know he reinforces the old law, but he also puts this grace on top of it. Where? And he, everywhere. Grace on top of grace? We already have grace. The Old Testament law is grace. I'm saying that God, Christ put forgiveness and grace in there. And that, we and can that didn't bring exist people- before? It, on some level, but not in the level that he did That's, it. And look, and yeah, look, I, 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 I think I think you're twisting on me, David. I, no, I, I, I don't think, think you're I'm twisting out of it. I think people we, can we, be saved. We know they sure can. Jonah showed us that. What does that have to do with justice, though, in society? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, what does that have to do with justice to in society? Say people because can be saved, we are not, new. but we're not a church state. Right. We're not a biblical right. state. Well, we're back to that. But no, no. But we have to find some balance in that. We, are we really I capable? I can't think of any more thing we're balancing than God's law. But are we? Are we really capable? I just, I'm not sure that we're okay. capable of implementing as people, very flawed people, perfectly implementing perfect law. We're, we're not, God, we're not. Told, God told Noah, you know, if a man sheds blood by man, his blood shall be shed. There was no qualification there, but I don't think you're capable of that. Right. No. He said, that's what you guys got to do. Yeah. In the end, it comes down to the problem is with, with God's law. Because God's law tells us we have to deal with murderers. We have to deal with thieves by this standard. I, I hear what you're saying, David. I understand. But the problem in the end is not what we're saying. It's with God's law. God's law tells us to enforce justice, and it gives us the standard. And yes, we are flawed people. But the only way we grow and correct ourselves is by measuring ourselves by God's law word. And that's the issue here. Um, and so we, you're willing to kill most of society over this. Okay, you brought that or up. Stone, or stone most okay. of society. You want, you want this justice, because I can tell you right now, we're be quickly becoming a minority. So who, globally, globally, we I, are. I, I want to answer your question. When you say I want to stone most of society, number one, no, I don't want to stone anyone. Number two, what, what do you mean most of society? Like, I, I'm saying if uh, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 8, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, let me finish real quick, this, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. So if, you, if, if, if people get to the place, I agree with you, we, we are not saying that this is going to happen tomorrow, the Biden administration is going to enforce biblical law. No. We, we say there needs to be a change of heart. But when that happens, when people come to see the beauty of God's law and the grace of God in giving us rules for how we should live, they will want to protect their society against injustice. And then once the, the people say, you know what, we want to follow God's law, then yes, if someone murders someone, he should be executed. Okay, so you're kind of stepping into where I'm at. I mean, you're saying that people need to understand God's law to be judged under it. No, I'm saying it will only happen. I, I mean, I, th- I thought it was kind of assumed that I don't have the capacity to go out there and be like, hey, you know, governor of Pennsylvania. I mean, I can tell him that, but unless he his heart has changed, he's not going to enforce biblical law. Right. So we're, we, we are preaching to people and saying, hey, if, if you, we need to follow justice, here's the standard. Now, once that happens, that's going to take a lot of hearts being changed, but there's still going to be people in the society that either don't believe it, they, they say, I don't, I don't care. I mean, there's people today, they don't care about what is right and wrong. And there might be people that say they do, but still go out and murder or steal. The question is, how do you deal with them? Do you look to man's, man's law or God's law? And that's the question. What is, how do we define justice? And the only way we can define it is by God's law. And that's what I'm saying. Does that make sense? It does make sense, but I'm going to go back to the point that I still think that as a society and in through Christ's covenant, I think we can do better, but that's just my... Right, my final question is, if I, if I had written an editorial on the grace and the forgiveness of sins that we can find in Christ, which I have, 
Would you have been as concerned about that article because it didn't deal with justice in society? It didn't deal with the people that are raping women in the streets and murdering people as you are with this one that dealt with justice but didn't deal so much with uh, the gospel message of salvation. I can't, I can't talk about the hypothetical because I didn't read the article. But I mean, Well, let's just can... say there's an article that talks about the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ and it doesn't deal with justice in society. Would you, because you're concerned with this well, one. I think if you'd read, let me, let me just answer the question from a, because again, we're talking something of a hypothetical, but if you'd written an article that had talked about the grace of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the grace of, you know, uh, in, in dealing with, with sin and then talked about justice, that this is, this is how it goes. Right, that wasn't my question, though. Yeah, but that's, that's not but I'm saying, I have that's, something, that's something that I can get my head around. Whether I totally agree or disagree would have been something I could have looked at, but. But my question was more of your visceral response, and I think I know the answer. I was just trying to hear you say it. When you read articles about the salvation and the grace in Christ that people can turn from their sins and be saved, do you react the same way to those articles and say, well, you, you're, you're, you're missing the justice part here? That you're you're way off the rails here because you're missing the justice part. I understand your point, okay. and, it, and it does miss in society, and it probably would have passed right past me. Okay, you know what I mean. All right, fair I enough. Think, I think I think it probably would have, but okay. I got to be honest with you, and it, and that is a huge, a mistake in our society and in our mental temperament, our spiritual temperament. Then I think you're right about that, but I just think, you know, I'm not going to re. We don't have to go yeah. around about it again, but I mean, I just think that you know, there's there's things in here that we need to do better on for our society. I think we need to save people, and I just think that that's. Amen. I think I w- and I want the people there so we can save them. And if we don't deal with murderers, you know, we, we haven't really talked much about the victims. I want the people there, David, and, and the babies to be there to grow up so they can hear the gospel message. I agree. So, they can inf- so if we don't, if we don't deal with murders, if we don't enforce justice, we're not going to have the people. Be- Before you wrap up, yeah. um, I want to I wanna deal with this idea that Christ changed the law. Okay. Why don't you stick with me here, David? I, th- I don't say. I didn't say change it. I said he reinforced he, what was important in it. Oh, oh, okay. So it wasn't a new law then. He reinforced grace and he emphasized it. He brought grace into the law. Well, he didn't okay. bring it into the law, but he but reemphasized it. He didn't change the law at all, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay, okay. I thought that's what you said that he changed no, it. But I'm saying that where it was you, a new we're, law. We're disagreeing. We're disagreeing on the application of grace. Okay. I think Christ disagrees with you again. Okay, that's fair. Okay. I don't. You know, you're, you have your because opinion. when Christ often said it is written. Now he did never. He never said it was written. This is what our theologians have done. They have said, "Well, that was the Old Testament law. Christ brings something new." Christ didn't do that. I would encourage you to look it up. It's I, I've got it right here in front of me. It, it's like twenty times more than that in the Gospels. He says it is written. Never once did he say it was written. So those dear people that want to say that Christ introduced something new, they had best read the Bible. I'm not trying to rewrite the old law. I'm talking very much about. I'm not saying them. you're trying to rewrite it, but I thought you did say I do want, I want to distance law. myself from people who are trying to re- rewrite okay. the, right. you know, the law. But I just, okay. I just have a greater sense of that this grace and that what we can do with that law and where how much grace affects and and grace is placed there. You're telling me I'm wrong and that we need to have a, a much more stricter interpretation of it. And that's that's fine. But I, I, I'm gonna, I would just ask you to enforce it like Christ did. That's all. That's the, all I would ask. But one thing I want to say before we Talk just finish it. up, you yeah. know, is I really appreciate this discussion. Likewise, I, and I got to tell you, I think this is incredibly important for people out there, and I think it's a discussion that needs to happen on a, on a lot of levels, and have people come forward and and have that with you know people who are going to talk through it. And I think that's more important. It's not about me. It's about the people who receive it and kind of go out there and say. 
okay, I heard the, uh, you know, I like what Dave said, but maybe these guys are onto something. You know what I mean? Maybe I, I need to take this a little more seriously. And I think that this is an important, important discussion because there's a huge, huge divide in our society on this. And it, if we don't get a handle on it, it's going to end badly. And I mean, you know, I'm, I, you can call it a tribulation, you can call it Satan, but badly is badly. And I just, I'd like to avoid badly, you know? That's, that's kind of what my hope is in this. And maybe, maybe my good intentions are misguided, but I, but I believe in them very much. And I think that that's, but I really, and I want to applaud you both for the things that you do do, going to the abortion centers, the, the, the uh, going out into public and talking and bringing people to Christ. I mean, these are huge, huge issues. And, you know, you're doing a lot more than maybe even I am in that. And it's something that's so very important. Well, I appreciate you coming in very much. I mean, these are the conversations we need to have. You mentioned maybe there's something you've got wrong. There could be stuff we got wrong. The, the question and the standard must be, what, to what standard do we go to correct ourselves? And I it, think that's very well put. And it, way, must, yeah, it must be the law word of God. So I commend you again for coming in. And I would be happy to have you in again, David, and to continue this conversation, a slightly different angle. These are the conversations we need to have. I wish there were more people like you who are going to come in and say, well, you know what? Yeah, I agree on this, but what about this? And that's what we need more of. We need more discussion, more iron sharpening iron. We need to wrestle with these things. So a final word, Joel. I used to say, please, to what you just said. I, I want to repeat again. David knew what he was walking into when he came in. He <laughs> disagreed. He knew. Uh, be like David, please. Come in. Talk to us here. I, I, I've been out, as Chris has been out at the abortion clinics, and what we run into is uh, chanting all the time. Not conversations, chanting. Uh, I, I, I remember one dear lady, just she, she had an umbrella. This is out in Pittsburgh. And uh, she had an umbrella, and she was just like yelling at me through her umbrella. And we run into that kind of a thing. And, and what David has done here, he said, okay, I'm not going to scream and yell. We're going to have a conversation. We need more, and we need some of you folks out there Especially pastors. Yes. Come on in here. Let's talk. Have the courage of David, please. Well said. Thanks. Anything else Thank you, you want to add, yes. David? Well, no, well said. Beautifully said. Okay. Uh, yeah, great, great conversation. There's so much more there. I, I do appreciate, David, that there's always more we can, we can add to it because God's word is so wonderful. So there, There's so many depths there. We'll never... You cannot imagine. I want to say this to people. You cannot imagine... When you really bring the Holy Spirit into your life and you bring Christ into your life, you cannot imagine how it will change your life. You Amen. cannot. Amen. You cannot. Right. That, that's true. So, um, all right, for more information uh, about David, go get his book. You can get it on Amazon. Is that it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble, just about any um, online site. And you can also, there's a website for it. It you know, tells you a little bit about the book. And What's that so website? Forth. It's imtwodragons.com. One word, imtwodragons.com. Okay. And, and the book uh, is called The Demonstrative Citizen. The Revelation of Two Dragons. Okay. And All I think, right. you know, read the whole book. I think you'll like it a lot. I think it'll, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a thick book. It's almost 500 pages. Yeah, it's almost 500 pages, 15 chapters. But it's, it's, a, um, it's a Tom Clancy page turner, right? And especially yeah. as you get further into it. Everyone yeah. who's read it has told me, once you get about past about chapter four, you will never look back and you won't stop reading it. And I think okay. the ending is very strong. Okay. Right. Is it I am TWO Dragons or okay, two? Yeah, I'll give you a copy. I got a, okay, okay, all right. I got a case. But for our listeners, is it you spell out the word too? Yeah, I am two TWO. Okay, I am two Dragons. All right, com. Yeah. So go go check out David's book, and Lord willing, we'll have another opportunity to talk with David. And it was it was very, I think, very fruitful. I loved it. I was great. You guys are wonderful. Really, I appreciate that. I encourage people to listen to you and get out there and talk. You know. 
Amen. Amen. Thanks again for coming in. For more information about the Langster Patriot, go to thelangsterpatriot.com. To support the show, go to patreon.com slash thelangsterpatriot. Until next time, remember that Christ, not man, is king. So long. <laughs>